Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com superstuff and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com superstuff and get started today. Use your aggressive feelings, boy. Let the heat flow through you. Racers, welcome to Tatooine. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the scruffy looking nerf herders that are called the Cape Podcasters. That's us. This is a show about, I don't know, burning the world down. And some people aren't happy about that. Burning down history, pretty much. Something like that. Taking everything you've built and going, ah, let's do something different for a minute. Pretty much. Pretty much. I, I know. I, I thoroughly love this movie. Where do you fall on this, Brian? I'm somewhere in the middle. And Kyle from Experience Grind, where do you fall on it? I hate this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, bud. Yeah. Hi, boys. Hey, uh, this isn't the first time we're having this discussion. <laughs> nope. Some people have issues recording audio and want to do it again. I told you I was waiting to call you I mean, out. I mean, I mean, yeah. some people like talking to Kyle so much that yeah. they want to do it again. That you sabotage people- your own show. Want to make for friendship? Talk about right. a movie he hates so I'm many times. To do that. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to keep just beating you down with it. We are uh, talking Star Wars Episode Eight. <laughs> I never got it right. The Last Jedi. <laughs> Man, I wish Brian you had to put up fingers for me. As last, I time almost too. did. Yeah, I almost did. I know it's not nine for what that's worth. That's that's important. There's a reason why the Romans are all dead. It's because they're stupid numbers. I think Rome is still a place, actually. The Romans, but they're not the I same. I feel like if you live they're in Rome, you're same. Roman. That's pushing it. That's true. Except it's probably not. <laughs> I mean, what else would you call them? You're Italian. Romanian. See, I did it. Uh, that's, that's totally different. Nope. We'll, we'll go with Romanian. <laughs> I like it. So, Brian's in the middle on this thing. Yes. I think we need to come to some sort of understanding on this, because- I found an article online that's from 2005, written by a man named Andre Summers, did it for Vibe magazine, and his whole theory is that Star Wars fans actually hate Star Wars. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. Kyle, where do you fall on the level of Star Wars fandom? Uh, I believe the the scale that I use is a, uh, what did I say? There's bronze, silver, Like it, love it, gotta have it. Bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond. And I probably fall on the platinum level scale. Uh, I think I'm right there with you. We're, we're brothers in platinum. I couldn't. I'm not diamond level. I couldn't give you like the name of all the uh, the monsters in the Moss Eisley Cantina, but I can Why give not? you a fun fact about the Moss Eisley Cantina. You ready for this one? What do you got? Like you've never oh, heard it before. Do. The musicians, <laughs> the music, and the musicians that are playing in the Moss Eisley Cantina. Do you know what that is called in the Star Wars universe? Beats me. This is where you say no, yeah. (laughs) That is called jizz music. (laughs) It's the best thing I've ever heard. Jizz music. Not spelled exactly like you think it's spelled. That's almost jazz, but (laughs) more so jizz. Oh, God. How do you get away with that? I don't. Well, 
at the time, I don't think Jizz was the... In the 70s, if you shine a blue light anywhere in the world, you're going to see something you don't want to see. <laughs> yeah, but do they... I don't... Was Jizz like the popular slang term for cum back then? I don't uh, know. I don't think so. I want to know when Jizz became a thing now. What's the At history least not of Jizz? Some fat, fat dork named George Lucas. He didn't know what the hell Jizz was. <laughs> Obviously. So he was married to an angry editor at this point. Curious yeah. what the marriage made in etymology hell. of Jizz is. <laughs> but sometimes you just yeah. want to get home from work and put on some smooth Jizz. You that's know. it. <laughs> that's and that's fuck, how you get man. Ron Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't imagine his is smooth. I've, I imagine he's got some chunks. <laughs> <laughs> that is just like solidifies in it and he's, he's not firing blanks at all he's firing bb's yeah he's <laughs> terrifying big, buckshot big, it's like how do you think uh, they make the little uh, the little balls from like hungry hungry hippos they just get ron jeremy right. to jack off into a piece of plastic <laughs> that got too like graphic that. for that's me that's the line that's the line for brian i like that <laughs> you start bringing hippos into it like i was saying this dude he says that it, star wars fans hate star wars he goes into a whole long diatribe about everything wrong with star wars that you know there's incest that's a pretty big problem, right? Yeah. Right? We all agree? Yeah. I mean, it is, but also maybe not. I mean, Leia is a princess, and incest was a big thing in the royal heritages. And it did take place a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, man, music. we don't know. Which is music. Which is music, yeah. All we right. don't fully know, but yeah, in, in our current Kyle era, doesn't think uh, incest is a problem. We got it. All right. Hey, <laughs> hey. He, he drew a line in the sand on incest. You slap a step on that, it's going to be on the front page of, of Pornhub. So You're not wrong, actually. The sponsorship money? Wow. Good for you. It's gone. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Ew. But his whole theory also goes into, you're supposed to hate Star Wars. As much as you love it, you're supposed to hate it the same amount, because we all love the idea of Star Wars more than we actually love Star Wars itself. So we like the idea of spacemen with laser swords and a galactic empire and the good guys and the bad guys and the mysterious force and giant walking carpets. That's what we like. Yeah. I think, yeah, I fully agree. I think it's also something to do with like Star Wars encourages you to use your imagination. And then when new ones come out and they're contrary to what you've imagined, it's always sort of a letdown. You're um, completely right on that one, especially when you start explaining midichlorians. Metaclorians, and you know, things happen like that in like <laughs> great books or book series. Like they start off great and then like they just start over explaining things and all the magic kind of disappears. I think it's sort of the same thing with Star Wars. You just, it's taken away from you, the viewer, and put in more concrete terms that uh, that's not how you had envisioned it all these 20 plus years without new movies and things like that. So, sure. Totally so agree. You think that Star Wars should exist between the panels almost? If this were a comic book, it should be that space between the panels where you're kind of creating the closure between each thing. The space between things? The force? Oh, that. <laughs> that thing. That thing right there. <laughs> it all works out. I guess so. so. Just leave Star Wars to the force. Stop making movies. Well, we did it. Good, good talk, guys. <laughs> we cracked the code. I do think they're probably going to they're gonna cool down on him after this next one. I think they have to. And I blame Solo really for that should. mostly. Yeah. Did you ever see Solo? No, I did not see Solo. Solo is the only one I haven't seen because this movie upset me so badly. <laughs> right, I'll I, ask you now. I've, we we got to bring balance to this thing. But Brian's kind of oh, balanced being in the middle. But I want to win him over. I want him to love this movie. Oh, it's not gonna happen. Talk. You're gonna you want it. You want the hate to flow through him. Oh, with you. Oh, you want you want Brian to love this movie. I thought yeah. your, your goal was to oh, get no, me to love you it. Are, no, you are lost. 
<laughs> you are the equivalent of a youngling, Order 66 yeah. style, when it comes I'm to Star Wars. <laughs> full on embrace the hate, man. Oh, good I let you. it flow through me. Lightning figures <laughs> over there. So I think what we should do is we should try to convince Brian that this movie's either shit or it's great. Uh, it's almost like in a court of star law. Oh. Wow. Lawyered. I guess so. I like it. Uh, yeah. Convince me. I like this. Is, this would be fun because right. I do. I fall in the middle. I think uh, not allowed to, according to that article. That's right. You have to either love or hate Star Wars. Right. But, you know, I'm not platinum level. I'm I'm like bronze to maybe silver somewhere in the, the low ranking. But that's all I right. I just barely placed on the podium, you know? And you haven't seen two of the prequels. And I haven't seen two of the prequels. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm, I want to start out with an opening statement that this movie kicks Every ass that's ever existed in the history of asses? Seems like a very subjective opening statement, but yes. go on. Yes, it is. <laughs> I think that The Last Jedi, I understand that it does burn everything to the ground that we've learned about Star Wars so far, but I feel like it's obviously done by design. Ryan Johnson, I think, put together a masterpiece. Whereas J.J. Abrams, I think we all can agree, Force Awakens kicks ass also. Very good. Kyle, you like Force Awakens? Uh, yes, very much so. Do you like it because it's just a new hope reskinned? I don't think so, and I think that's kind of a bad rap. I get the similarities, but... The giant yeah. death planet thing? That's the- <laughs> I know, man. If, I wish they would have gone with fucking literally any other super Anything weapon. else at all. It is kind of cool that they're just like, fuck it, fuck a moon, let's make it a planet. Sure, we're, gonna, we're getting bigger, guys. That, Go big. But we'll give it no the planet. same weakness. Oh, boy. Easily exploitable. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it. it's a bit fucking ridiculous. But the, yeah. I think it's also got a lot of fun new stuff that it's messing with. And a lot of it, I don't know if it's an exact retelling of New Hope or a whole fuckload of homage that gets a little heavy-handed in scenes. I love the heavy-handedness, though. Yeah. Like, when Han like, walks I on mean, the Millennium Falcon, he goes, we're home. Yeah. And then I exactly. start crying in the fetal <laughs> position in the middle of the theater. That happens. You've got that. You've got uh, an orphan on a desert planet that's destined to change the force and the course of history. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it sounds like a new movie to me. Yeah, you got a bad guy who wears a mask that makes him breathe funny. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is all check it out and a hologram monster. So perfect. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. It's uh... yeah, Yeah. but I love Force Awakens, man. Yeah, I I think Last Jedi is the most true thing to Star Wars that you can get, and I'll talk about it in a bit. But the story behind it, how they decide to burn it all down, I love the balls that Ryan Johnson had of saying, "I actually want to advance the story of Star Wars." I'm going to subvert all the expectations that are here, but just come along with me on the ride. Learn to appreciate me, fellas. Learn. That's your opening statement? That's all I got, because we're going to get into a lot of stuff, I think. Yeah, okay. I'm sure we will. Without getting too specific, that's my opening statement. So you take Brian, the good, you take and, the bad. <laughs> and my, uh, my opening statement would be that uh, The Last Jedi sets out to do a whole lot and tries its hardest. And I believe it fails on every asset of doing it, except for subverting the expectations of the audience and massively, massively upsetting them and pissing them off. I don't know if it's by full design or if it's just poor, uh, poor, what am I trying to say here? Execution? Not, yes, thank you. Execution was the exact word. Don't you uh, just, lead, don't lead the judge. Oh, my Don't bad. lead the judge. <laughs> I a sh- judge has booze. Don't play dumb that- with words. I should just participate. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, just poor execution. Uh, there's a lot of really, really not make sense things that happen in this movie. And 
they just sort of pile up, at least for me, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to bring all those points up to you. And you can see what I'm trying to get at here, that it's a sloppy mess of a movie that it has its heart in the right place of feel, but it doesn't do it in the right way. That's how jizz music was made. <laughs> jizz movie, music has like no a, mistakes. a very restrained, watered-down version of how he really feels. Right. <laughs> well, right. this is opening statements here. We're, we're rephrasing how we presented this argument. So, Okay. I accept both of your thesi. Is that a thesis? Sure. And uh, that sounds like feces. And I guess we <laughs> move from here. Hey, that's um, The Last Jedi. God damn it. <laughs> You know, it, it should be important to say that on Rotten Tomatoes, this thing critically does have a 91%. That's high. And audience score, it has a 43%. That's low. Yeah. <laughs> so The thing, the thing that I'm broken? finding lately about, uh, about Rotten Tomatoes is that if those scores are flipped, it's usually a movie I kind of want to see. It's a movie I always want to see if it's flipped. Yeah. For sure. If it's, if it's this way with high critical acclaim and low audience score, it's generally pretty on the nose that I don't want to see this. Even for a Star Wars movie, because, you know, all those critics grew up Star Wars kids. Yeah. So I have to imagine that they got a pretty good idea. I also wonder how far the ever-reaching hand of the mouse is when it comes to professional critics. It's about uh-huh. as far as their hand to their wieners. Tell you the and truth. how deep. Just jerking off. I know that keyboard. the mouse's pockets are very deep. So I wonder. I don't know, man. It's weird. And it's so weird to hear you still defending critics. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> this is a weird. So place you should for be me. on my side here. I should be. be like... <laughs> I'm. I'm a broken human being. There's no denying that. But there... I mean, we've said it a few times. Yeah, it's. I'm <laughs> starting to get like cemented though. There's something wrong with me. Because Green Lantern's not a bad movie. Uh, man, agree to disagree. Now let me tell you why Star Wars is great. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. Dave thinks that Star Wars is at least as good as Green Lantern. <laughs> It's better. This one's better. Oh, okay. <laughs> By a lot. By a long shot. How do you want to do this, Brian? I think the best way we could do this uh, is we have a thing on our show called the Super Stuff Score where we go through a number of categories and give them an arbitrary score based on how we're feeling in the moment. And I think instead of waiting to the end to assign all these numbers, let's go through category by category and figure this damn thing out. Okay. Let's do it. So I guess we're going to start with the story. The story's great. And the motivation. Moving on. That's, oh, that's your whole statement? It's great. Kyle, do you want to re- rebut that? Rebut? Is that, oh, man. Is that I, a verb? <laughs> I have many, many rebuttals about the story. and <laughs> He used it properly. The, the holes that it leaves are big enough to drive a Star Destroyer through. Hey! I tell you, man, not... Not being so hammered this second time recording. I've got I've got thoughts flowing now. I was gonna say you're lucid. <laughs> this is unfair. <laughs> so the basic story of this thing is that Ray is trying to receive Jedi training from Luke uh to turn the tide for the resistance in their fight against Kylo Ren the First Order, while Leia, Finn, and Poe attempt to escape a first order attack on the dwindling resistance fleet. It's a chase scene. Airtight. Perfect. Chase scenes are the best. When they last Man. the whole movie? Yeah. That's my yeah. dream. Long chase, chase scenes. scenes are really awesome, like in the French Connection, when they're really long, but they're also full of action. In this movie, where it's two and a half hours of a chase scene and nothing happens, it's a ship that's, that's, that's running out of gas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah, I've never watched a chase scene that went on long enough for the car to lose gas. 
a, it's a problem too that has never existed in Star Wars ever. Fuel is never mentioned until this movie. Don't get nitpicky with science. Don't do it. I'm just saying. It's, yeah, it's weird. Because do, there's also not a such thing as a laser sword yeah, or a Death there's Star. Not. Science there's is not. kind of important when you're talking about science fiction. You're not. You're talking about science fantasy and space operas. You still said the word science, though. Yeah, but it's in a <laughs> fantasy way. Totally different. These, I don't know, and you even said science things... fiction openly says it's science, but made up. It's they in the definition. Least, they've always at least followed the, the rules of their own universe, and it's just weird... I'm not saying it as a bad note. It's just odd that this is the first time that fuel of a ship is used as an entire plot point or any plot point at all in any Star Wars ever. Because, I mean, you got to you got to figure like uh, this brings into other things like do you have to charge lightsabers? What is their fuel source? Where do they get that fucking power from? Kyber crystal. If not, like what what even is the point of fuel? Like I thought that these would all be like permanently running nuclear reactor type ships but apparently not they all run on how do you Man get all the reactors. fucking fuel to fire a death star it's an easy answer trade federation sure that's what the fuel is for <laughs> i can't even say it seriously because <laughs> the prequels are such a pile of bantha shit i've only seen one of them yeah i showed it to you i because I, I hate you yeah I you know. wronged me that day <laughs> so your issue with this movie is that the science doesn't add up no, well, I mean, I I made this argument kind of last time. There's other other things that just seem weird, even in its own universe, at least scientifically, or just logically they pull me out of it. I'm sure they don't pull other people out of it, but when it happens, I question things. Another big part is that they can't make a jump through light or through hyperspace because this lead ship has hyperspace tracking. Not a big deal. It could be a technology that's implemented. It has been mentioned before. In this fake world. You're right. Yeah. Yes. It could be anything could be implemented in this fake world. What's weird to me is later on there's a ship flying through hyperspace that is easily communicating to another ship, which does seem weird to me because do those communications travel faster? How do these things know where they are in hyperspace to send and receive this signal? If like hyperspace tracking is such a big deal. It doesn't seem like it's such a big deal to send transmissions through hyperspace. So that that automatically makes it a little weird to me. Um, that space Al Gordon figure out the space internet yet? <laughs> not that he didn't figure <laughs> it out, but that this just seems to happen so nonchalantly. And I would have to imagine to send and receive these signals, there is some sort of tracking ability to know where you are in this space to be able to communicate with another thing. Nah, they're just so, tethered via Bluetooth, right? That's it. <laughs> that just seems weird to me. Yeah, it's it's not wrong, but I mean, if again, if the science is a thing that's pulling you out of this movie, also, I mean, I I could just keep going here. I got more points. It's not just <laughs> about the science. It's just how they explain things in their universe, and then they don't seem to follow those things. The first order is a massive, massive army spreading galaxies and planets, and. There's well, only we don't see three any of that. ships. Well, we do at points. Even still at the end of this movie, at at the start, there's like three ships chasing uh, th this little last rebel ship. And then towards the end, there's like five more Star Destroyers and Snoke's ship shows up. Why couldn't any of them have just hyperspace traveled in front of the slow moving rebel ship and just cut it the fuck off? 
if it can't hyperspace jump away, block it off and blow them up. I, it just is so weird that they choose to slowly follow it for, I, and again, here's another part. Is it a day? Is it a week? We never get clear indication of however long Ray is on this planet talking to Luke, but there she's there. It seems like a week or so, but at the same time, we keep cutting back to this ship slowly moving through space. So time is also very confusing on what is happening, when it's happening. Ah, this movie, I, I, man. I get you on that one. I, that's true. I couldn't because, tell you what the yeah. Palpatine calendar, I'm assuming that's what it is. It's not <laughs> Gregorian. But I, I can't tell you what that thing looks like. All I can tell you is that ship is just floating through space because that's how things work in space when it, they're flying about sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I know your issue with the bomb dropping and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Space <laughs> gravity. Space gravity, as we all know. Exists. I didn't even bring that one up this time. Didn't have to. I heard it on your show. <laughs> <laughs> but they moved all the power to the shields. So, I mean, all they can really do is just float there. They understand we're pretty fucked. These ships that are surrounding us, they're real big and they're real angry at us. So their whole plan, someone's whole plan, is that they want to fly to a rebel planet of sorts to get to the base. And this is at, oh God, hold on. I almost brought up Leia Poppins by accident. I'm, oh. I'm supposed to be defending this. Leia Poppins. <laughs> uh, Holdo takes over the ship after. Leia Poppins. After I went to the bathroom and I'm not sure, Leia fell asleep when I came back. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> so sleepy Leia said, I need to rest up for a week or a month or whatever we're doing on the Palpatine yep. calendar. Because this ship's going to get to this base, right. and I need to be awake for that. Is it 16 hours? Is it a week? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that all works, <laughs> <laughs> admittedly. <laughs> but getting outside of the space nonsense, the whole point of this movie. I don't think that this movie is about the resistance in a lot of ways. It is about the resistance in the front end and the back end, but in the whole middle, it's just them floating around. This story is really about Luke. Sure. I I, I agree, and I, I get it. I also thought... If it's about Luke, it doesn't do a lot of good service to Luke, I feel. In what sense? Luke, I don't know. He He's the angry, gruff guy. I get that he's cut himself off, but he just also, he doesn't want to do anything for reasons that I am not fully sure of outside of what he did with Kylo. Well, he doesn't want but, to do things because he thinks that the way of the Jedi was vain, that the power shouldn't be all theirs. How he figured that the Jedi can almost, I guess, negotiate the Force in any way that they wanted to in order to better serve themselves. And he even said, like, there's a balance to this stuff, and it shouldn't belong to us. That should belong to nobody. It should just be. And I feel like it's a lot of the way that the Dark Side actually thinks. Because Dark Side doesn't really have any rules about it. Exactly. Yeah, I don't Dark think that's Side... because they think yeah. it belongs to everybody. I think it's sure. just because they don't have rules because... They see themselves as evil in their own universe. Which is amazing to me. <laughs> Darkseid also is all about embracing the power, giving in to the most base of instinct. And it's it's weird. It's fucking I don't Ron know. Jeremy style. Yeah. Yes. The the Jedi style hungry, is hungry hippos. Is to try to use it to to better understand people and to better they don't even lead, like, especially in the old day. Like the Jedi Council was just Sort they of just, there to advise yeah. things. They just sit on beanbags and talk in a circle. Yeah. They That's don't a really hippie commune. That's not the Jedi Order. With the Force. It's it's almost like the, I, and it's not correct even now, but I don't know. You would think the Jedi would maybe take a more America-focused thing of like safety through power because the dark side obviously has this shit 
and they're not afraid to use it. So maybe, you know, you should understand a bit of it too, and maybe try to counter that, or else they're just going to build giant planet-sized fucking bomb things. <laughs> I just think they're they're better organized. That's all it is. They got a better union on their side. That they're able the to Empire? slap these things together fast enough. Whereas the Resistance, they got strikes. Well, that's that because they took the, the quick route to the, the Force instead of, you know... Let me learn this. Whereas they're just like, fucking Force! Yeah! Like, we got the Force! Yes! Let's use the dark side I so we don't have to worry about shit. it. This is the best day ever! <laughs> floating rocks! We did it! <laughs> oh, floating rocks. A lot of rocks float in this movie. Yeah, and I mean, they make a joke about that, which I liked. Luke is just pissed, and I get it, like, I under... I like that they lead with it with his he feels that he's failed kylo and he feels that he's failed leia by failing kylo and sure because it, it's their child oh wait it's not they didn't do the whole the <laughs> right, nasty right. right and uh you know he just i it's just so so odd to me this angry luke is still here when he's never really been angry like this uh, i thought he was pretty angry a few times he, he was, gets there. He was yeah. mostly whiny. He's very not whiny. so much angry. He's a very, He's whiny, very whiny character. And uh, it, when he is angry, it's because Vader has pushed him there and the Emperor to like manipulate him. And then he also realizes, oh, this, they're manipulating me here. And he tries to to reel it back. He understands what the dark side is. I don't know. I, I get what you're saying too, where he's just sort of given up on all of it because he doesn't believe that it should be anybody. Right. I took it more as he was afraid of the darkness within himself still. I mean, it's built into his family that, hey, you got some dark shit in there. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of, I'll, I'll go I'll go deep into Luke here. Why I think that, I, I said earlier that I think this is the most true telling of a George Lucas story and that this is still part of the Skywalker saga. So this story is important that it is about Luke. George Lucas wrote these stories based on Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. Here with a thousand classic, faces. yeah, exactly. So, and he's followed it thoroughly here because when you look at something like a new hope, you have the departure, you have the call to adventure, the refusal of the call, the supernatural aid, the crossing the threshold, and the belly of the whale. All of that literally happens in the first movie, yeah, literally. Every it's not one creatively, it's literally <laughs> in the next two movies, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. He has the Road of Trials. It's when he meets Yoda. Sure. He has the uh, meeting with the goddess, or god. Also, Yoda. Yoda. There's the woman as the temptress. It's weird that it's his sister. That is but weird. That's, that's but that's going to happen but it sometimes. Happens. You could also say that the that the dark side is the temptress. I mean, that's you don't true. have to say it's his sister. You're right. Maybe she's the dark side. Who knows? I mean... She's not. <laughs> Leia's a, a treat. We love her. We don't know because, goddammit, she somehow masters the Force in the space of a movie. What do you mean? Oh, we'll get to it. Well, there were 30 <laughs> years between those movies, well, though. We're getting there. But then you also have the atonement with the father. Obviously, Return of the Jedi. The apotheosis. Wait, and the who's Luke's father? Uh, Anakin from the prequels. Oh, never that's changed. why I don't know. It's all Hayden Christensen. Yeah. There were never any changes ever made to these movies. Got it. Oh, man. No one's ever what touched about, them up or fixed them. What about when they fucking put Hayden in at the end of goddamn Return of the Jedi? Didn't uh, happen, in my mind. Never will. Oh, man. What a shit move. Yes. And what's crazier about that is George Lucas. I'm going to get back to this in a second. George Lucas fought so hard against like Ted Turner in the 80s because Ted Turner wanted to color all these classic movies like Maltese Falcon and all that stuff mm -hmm. for turning yep. classic movies. And George Lucas even testified saying, don't let that gray-haired fuck touch any of these classics. You cannot touch these classics. And then he goes and does this. 
Ah, oh, man. Why why wow. are you turning the your fucking father figure into a guy that he's never seen before? I mean, there's a lot of people who've ever seen their father before. For but that's not, not that's what I'm saying. Like he's seen him when he takes the fucking mask off. Yeah, and, and he then looks when he's ba- so bald and so awful. <laughs> that's how he looks at the end of the fucking movie as a Jedi ghost. And then yeah. all of a sudden he's this fucking young kid that Luke has never seen before. He's like, who yeah, the fuck is this dude? He's a piece of wood with googly eyes strapped to it that we call <laughs> Hayden Christensen. <laughs> It's like, uh, f- remember Ed, Ed, and Eddie? You guys ever watch that show? Yeah. yeah. Plank. It's like Plank. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's Hayden with, Christensen's acting. It's, don't, you're giving too much credit to Hayden Christensen. Oh, but man. In this movie, you have like act three of the hero's journey. You have the refusal to return. You have the magic flight, which I think they mean Leia wow. in this one, which is fucking weird. You have the rescue from without, which is the whole hologram sequence at the end. Yeah. You have the crossing of the return threshold, which is him literally coming out of this base to go face Kylo and go face the First Order. You have the master of two worlds, and you have the freedom to live. That's when he gets becomes one with the Force. Yeah. Wow, that's... So I think that this actually is the most true to what George Lucas was going for in the whole hero's journey telling of Star Wars. It's like George Lucas sent an email to Ryan Johnson. He was like, hey, just like... That's not how he talks. Just take a look at... Oh. <laughs> Hey, just take a look at the um, at the hero's journey and just base it off of that, and you'll be good. I know, George. You sent me this book nine hundred times. And then he's like, "All right, well, you have what, too much money, George. What are the steps in the in the third part of the hero's journey? Okay, well, we'll do this. We'll do this. <laughs> check, check. Ooh, the magical flight. Hey, hmm. Ryan, if you do this, I'll give you your own trilogy. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> he got that like, one fucking like ripped he away has from him, say. didn't he? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So uh, if we're let's still figure doing... this out. Yeah. Uh, unless you got more. Um, we're. We kind of veered off a little bit into into character for a second there, uh, but the story itself, like you just covered, where exactly in that does the whole thing with Poe and Finn happen? It's their own arcs. Are they that arcs? No, if they Poe has an arc, Finn is in That's the movie. That's true. I'll give you that. He Finn, exists on film. Yeah, Finn is. Uh, he's like, I'm gonna go do this thing. That's not gonna matter at all. What did he do? I took another pee for thirty minutes. There was a casino. Nope, none of them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> bite is the stupidest thing in this movie. I a long shot. didn't hate it that much. Why? You're foolish. I don't know. It's because I'm bronze. All right? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you like a, a message about war profiteering from a character who was one of the big heroes of the last movie and an Asian girl who we just met. Yep. You know All what? Right. Here's, here's the one thing I did like about that scene. And it is very heavy-handed and super over-the-top. But what I like is that he shows that, like, oh, hey, man, you guys are fucking buying this shit, too. And they're 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 working both, you idiots. Yeah, and that's, that's a, true. That's a cool scene. When you, I'd like to see that that maybe makes a payoff from Finn, too, that he realizes, like, oh, this is also fucking stupid. I don't know if it will, because Finn didn't get any good things in this movie. But I hope I have hope for. Uh, he got Rise a kiss from the randomization girl. That he didn't look like he wanted at all. I, I was very confused when that <laughs> happened. She also has some maybe force powers too to make her ship fly faster than all other ships. <laughs> She's got a heavier <laughs> foot. That's all it is. I guess so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I did want to counter all of your Luke stuff if I can get a chance, but I don't please, know if that's still please. a story. I uh, want to do that in Hero. Is it story based Luke or is it character based Luke? Kind of, it's just overall Luke. It's a counter to what you said as okay. this is the best Luke uh, story-wise. I guess, Is that what you were saying? I said that 
it completes Luke's story. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't say it's the best. I would say it's the most. I guess it's the most. What's the word? Brian, what's the word? Logical progression. There it is. See, I could do oh, it too, you're Kyle. leading. You're leading the judge. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, so if I if I can make the counterpoint here, and then we'll have Brian decide on this factor. Also, Perfect. by the way, Poe and Finn's stories are worthless. Yep. They shouldn't count towards Poe is Poe's um, less worthless. Finn is extremely worthless. Yeah, yeah. Poe's is also. I don't know, man. And I want to like Poe so much, and I still do, because goddamn Oscar Isaac is just He's very so good. He's phenomenal. Charismatic. Yep. <laughs> he's going to be in Dune, you know. It's exciting. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, he's he's totally in Denis Villeneuve's Dune. So Is that what you call your butthole? <laughs> That's what I call the Sarlacc. It's also got its own sandworm. <laughs> is that what you call Ryan's butthole? <laughs> His is, uh, what is, I couldn't think of anything witty off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, anyways, my whole counter argument to this whole Luke fiasco is if you go on youtube right now and just type in the words mark hamill tried to warn us i don't want to do that (laughs) you will get a uh i think about a 15 to 20 minute compilation of mark hamill just shitting all over his portrayal of luke in this movie and how much he hated it and didn't agree with any part of it but that's the there's even that's all there, it is. That is the actor. He's my, getting my paid other... to portray what's written, the words that are written on the script. That's exactly. It. And my other defense of that is I would think that even better than somebody like George Lucas or Ryan Johnson, Mark Hamill would probably understand the motivations and the headspace of the character of Luke better than anybody. Because that's just me. what they wrote for the first ones? Well, because he also, he, as an actor, you do... You take over ownership of that character. You and especially when George he, Lucas directs you because he's terrible yes. at directing. Actors. <laughs> well, and, I'll defend you on that one. <laughs> I, it, I mean, the, if you go back to those days, there's a famous story of like Mark Hamill coming in and saving a lot of the written dialogue in those early movies because he wanted to change it. George Lucas did, and Mark Hamill like argued and like went to George and was like, "No, don't, don't, don't do that. Let's do it this way." And argued really hard and got it saved to where it didn't sound so fucking ridiculous compared to what we got as, I guess, dialogue in the prequels. I mean, George um, Lucas notoriously isn't good at just writing dialogue in general. He needs someone to rein no. him in. Right, right. But Which I mean, he, he, had. Still, he still had an overall vision for everything. Yeah. And I think that this just fits the end of what he was aiming to do throughout all these movies. And that's why it's called the Skywalker Saga. Yes. Because we're still in it, which makes me curious where we're going in episode whatever's next. But, like I said, (laughs) if you just go through those, I I would relate to Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker. There's there's a very, I think, well before the movie had even begun to start marketing, Mark Hamill was saying uh, when he first read the script, the first thing he said to Ryan Johnson was, I disagree with everything you've written here about this character. And what but you're, you're paying me do. a lot of money, and I'm going to but do it. <laughs> that said, it's your movie, and I'm here to do what you want. And he he'd given up at that point. He wasn't going to argue. I think also because the uh, the big hands of the mouse were probably a <laughs> lot more pushing than the small, feeble hands of Lucas Film. So take that as you will. But Mark Hamill had serious problems with Luke in this movie, 
And that's good enough for me. And that should be good enough for you, Brian. I think it should be good enough for Brian at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're But wait no. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> a surprise point. So for story and motivation, do we discuss motivation at all? Sure. I'm sure it was in there somewhere. To a degree. There's not much. It's very loose. It's a it's a middle movie of a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, its point is to get to the next one. Right, right. Uh I feel like this is gonna sound like a cop out. Because I am still. Oh, he's good. You suck. I'm, I'm like right in the middle here because both of you have made some very good points. And I feel like, yes, Luke's arc makes sense in this movie. And there's a lot of good things that happen there. I'm fine with the with the space chase through. You could have. You know what would have been neat if it was just like they had him tethered to light speed or through hyperspace. And they just kept jumping, but they weren't getting anywhere. It's like, don't even bring fuel into it. Just be like, oh, they just keep chasing them through hyperspace. They can't escape. But. All right. Uh, but. <laughs> that's what you want to see. That's Fine. <laughs> Finn's story brings this down so hard. I got to just 0.5. So right down the middle. Right down the middle. Wow. We did great. Well, you know. I, yeah, we did do great. <laughs> I guess it's. <laughs> All I right. kind of like Brian's idea. You know, they could have had a lot more with that if they kept jumping and the. Instead of this fucking hyperspace tracking, what if there was a goddamn mole in the resistance and that was the whole mystery that the people on the ship got to figure out? And it turned out that it was Finn the whole time? Or not, you know, it could have been some character. Or Holdo. I would have liked to be (laughs) Finn. Him actually saying, just letting you know. Or Admiral goddamn Akbar, who gets no fucking send-off in this movie. I didn't get to bring that up last time either. Why should he? Because he's at least a fan favorite. Yeah, and he knew it was a trap. He's a fan favorite. The guy had 14 lines of dialogue in Return of the Jedi, and his total screen time across all three films that he appeared in was three minutes and 30 seconds. And he gets killed off screen. It's just not fair, man. So does Cyclops in X3. Yeah. I put on the same level just to hurt you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't like it at all. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's what I'm saying, man. It's just not, it's not, it's, I don't know. It seems... It's not Almost. ceremonious. I get that. But at the I same time, know. Boba Fett died. He only had 27 words. He had six minutes, 32 seconds, and 13 seconds of which is his ship only. Like, yeah. I'm reading this right here. But, I mean, they don't care about these characters. We care about these characters as fans. But the story doesn't. Too. It just seems so so purposefully hostile, maybe. I guess. But if you wanted something that was going to really ring true to you, like an internet thing. I can't believe I'm going to bring it back to X3. You would have, I'm the juggernaut bitch all through this thing and actually pay respect <laughs> to the character. Whereas it's a trap. I don't think Akbar is supposed to be anything massive. We made him massive because it's a ridiculous yeah. line from a flappy headed fish man. And it becomes, <laughs> he does become a meme. Again, I think it's just, it's weird that he's, he's just so unceremoniously killed off camera. And you know, he could have easily been in this scene of the bridge being destroyed and you know leia gets her proper even more (laughs) fucking proper shit when she floats through goddamn space Uh, you know what we don't talk about enough we don't talk about jack porkins death enough we should talk about jack porkins death more he's a hero porkins uh he did get a better death in the uh the remasters yeah he deserved it though he's a hero they give him a little more uh they actually fill him out a little more with Luke talking to him so that you actually care when he dies. <laughs> they sure do. If yeah. I weren't if I weren't in my basement right now, I would pour one out for him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there we go. We're we're at point five That's for this. Great. What's next? Let's talk about the heroes. All right. Since we've already started. We've have started. 
it's uh, we should talk about Ray at some point in this thing, right? I think it's probably a good idea. So, I don't know if I like Ray, her really? character. Yeah. Wow. And I, I think I don't like Ray's character in this one because Luke. She goes to find Luke. Luke says, "Fuck this!" Throws the lightsaber over her shoulder, and she just stands there outside of his door the whole time, saying, "You're supposed to come with us. Come with us. Come <laughs> hey. with us. train me. Come with us. Come. Hey, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. No, no." But then Luke does start training her on all this stuff and then realizes, like, you, you actually might turn. I'm not doing that again. We're not going down that road again. And she talks to Kylo the whole time. Like, yeah. that really bothered me. How she's, t- I appreciate that they had that link and that she was able to talk to Kylo, but that's scary. That's scary that your hero is being manipulated that much by a shirtless Adam Driver. <laughs> he has a weird body. He does. He's he's old barrel chested beefcake. It is very weird. It's like uh it's like the memes where they have regular Keanu and then they have short squat Keanu next to him. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks exactly like that version of Keanu that's short and squat. But yeah. Tell them tell the ex Marine that to his face. See what happens. Oh I, w- I won't. Oh yeah, that was another fun fact I <laughs> oh, had. Oh his weird looking uh, face. Oh god. <laughs> Adam Driver is from my home state of Indiana. How about that? You got one. Good job. Dude, I will actually tell you, there are so many fucking famous people from Indiana. I know. I saw Parks and Rec. I know all about it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they do do go over that. Axel fucking Rose is from here. And so is Iggy. Or Izzy. Izzy Stradlin. Izzy Stradlin. One of of them. I'm sure is from there. Hey, Ronnie James Dio is from New Hampshire, so. Here's a fun fact about About New Hampshire. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So the song Paradise City. By Guns N' Roses. Most people would think it's about L.A. That song is actually about Louisville fucking Kentucky. Why? (laughs) Because. Did he lose a bet? No, Axl Rose grew up in southern Indiana. And so his way of rebelling and to get away and have fun on the weekends is him and his friends would get in the car and they'd drive down to Louisville for the weekend. And they'd have fun and they'd party with girls. And that was Paradise City to them. Wow. And that is what You could party with girls? Way more than you could in Southern Indiana. I guess you could in oh, Louisville, man. Kentucky. All right. I didn't realize how sad they were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That whole song. It's crazy, wow. right? The more you know. I imagined a beach somewhere in Paradise City. I know. You would think so. <laughs> Palm Something trees? Nice, I don't know. That Louisville Beach that it's so famous for. <laughs> Take me down. <laughs> Just baseball bats lined up. It's uh, Dave, it's funny how... I like you a lot, I respect you a lot, and on this movie, you and I are completely polar opposites on nearly every fucking point. That's because we're big Star Wars fans. I love Ray in this movie. Why do you love Ray in this movie? Number one, I think Daisy Ridley does just a fantastic job with what she's given. I think maybe she is given a bit more than most other characters. Yeah. Um, I do like her interactions with Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. They have a pretty fucking great chemistry. She gets a lot of flack for being a Mary Sue, and I... Can maybe kind of see it, especially towards the end of this one. Yeah, that's not the part that bothers me about her, though. No. The part that bothers me is that she's so easily fooled. Well, and it is weird, because for somebody that so quickly grasped things of the Force, I mean, she's fucking pulling mind tricks on a stormtrooper in the first movie. Which is awesome. Another fun not fact. Just, you know not just any stormtrooper. Storm not just any stormtrooper. Little yeah, respect. we know. Yes, thank you. That, uh, that was Mr. James Bond, you know. It, it sure was. Absolutely. That's a, Sean that's Connery himself. <laughs> I wish Dejan, he would have. These are not the droids I'm looking for. <laughs> if it was Sean Connery, he probably would have slapped her. 
<laughs> Where? Face or ass? Are we talking well, he, modern day Sean Connery or Goldfinger Sean Connery? <laughs> Sean Connery, famously, I, I think he was on Barbara Walters when he said, sometimes a woman, no matter what, still needs a good slap. <laughs> and, then he high-fived, fucking... and then he high-fived Joe Namath off screen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, it's weird. She does have this openness to the force of itself, but it's also still so kind of new to her that I could see why she doesn't question it. I do I do appreciate Luke being very upset when he finds it's like when a, a dad finds his daughter talking to her boyfriend in the and middle she's of the just night. talking like, to no! a weird force hole instead. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey get away from Take him. your fingers away from that hole, Ray. <laughs> Yeah, but I if you know, go to the I, dark force hole, you're going to go blind. But I also think that part of the reason Ray is so easily swayed to the dark side is because she doesn't have a teacher. That too. And she does generally so want kind of to help. Hook. She wants to help Kylo. Well, she doesn't at first. She hates him. It right. takes her a while to come around to him. She's like, she she calls him a monster, I think, the first few times they talk this way. Yeah. And Murderous. Uh, it's only. Big one too. Only, right. Yeah. Then uh, he explains his version of what happened the infamous night at the temple, and uh, that sort of opens her up to him. Which story I wise, was... I actually I love that a lot. How you, I mean, still we don't even know what the truth is, right. which is neat. Right. Yeah, we do get at least two different sides of it here, and both of yeah. them make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the very first one doesn't. When or not the first one? When? Uh, yeah, the first one. What is it? When Luke first tells it, and it's just like, oh, he just randomly attacked me or whatever. Just burn the place down. I mean, he's oh, just trying yeah. to get the girl from asking questions. I get it. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. But as more details come out, I mean, we could have gotten seven, eight times that scene. <laughs> All right. So maybe Ray's good. Maybe Ray's good. Fine. Fine. Well, I, I wouldn't like expect I'm the one arguing you, for but... the hate here. No, this, this is, is weird. weird. Like, I'm, I'm getting weird. a weird, like, turn of events yeah. here. And... Uh, Finn, we agree, sucks. All in agreement? Finn is awful. And it sucks, too, because yeah. I liked Finn so much in The Force Awakens. He was a great character. He's almost like the audience insert there. He's kind of like this person seeing all these things with these wide eyes of amazement that we're also seeing. So he, he's almost like the audience input here. And yeah. then he's just so fucking wasted. And in this one, he fights Phasma and says, let's go, Chrome Dome. Oh, man. <sighs> he does say that. I was just about to defend him. I was like, it's not his character. It's a storyline that sucks in let's this movie. Let's go, but Chrome Dome. He does yeah. say that. So, maybe, yeah, maybe his character sucks, too, in this movie. <laughs> How about, again, a total uh, yeah. waste of another great character there in Phasma? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's real fast. There's no way she's dead, right? No, I she hope can't. not, I don't man. think so. I hope not, too. You Except it would make sense. Story-wise, it could make sense because it, she kind of goes the same way as Boba Fett does. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I brought this argument up last time, and I'm, I'm going to bring it up again. I think this movie would have been a thousand times better had somebody that I actually cared about made a willing and actual reasonable sacrifice, be that Finn or Poe. They both had chances where they could have died. Finn had one that was way more obvious, and I think it should have played well, out that way. That's because Finn's way of dying was the same way they were going to try to stop an alien invasion Independence Day with Randy Quaid. And it worked. <laughs> Well, they also it did would do have the virus. Worked. Yeah. But uh <laughs> they should have done the virus. That would have gotten a gold bloom in our universe and we need that. <laughs> everyone needs a good gold bloom. I am actually surprised he hasn't been in Star Wars because he's so fucking weird looking as is. That's true. He could play any kind of alien. Yeah. I would love to see him and as, the a storm, as like a stormtrooper who's under the the gaze of a Jedi mind trick. I'm just, I just I just I just I, uh, these are I, not I, the, these are not these are not the they're not the droids I'm looking for. <laughs> 
Oh, oh wow, that's actually uh, it's fascinating. Uh, these are these, these. They're not the droids that I. Uh... <laughs> what you an know, eccentric uh, man! Uh, but uh, the force, uh, force uh, finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me let me look at your hand. Let me look at your hand. Right. It's a shame <laughs> that he's not acting as much these days and just playing the jizz music. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> God damn, that's a that's a deep cut reference for uh, people that might not even get that. That's pretty good, Brian. Man, cheers to you. Thank you. Uh, but the heroes of this movie, yeah, Poe's got an arc. It's a brief Somewhat. one. He's kind of he's a loose yeah. kid. At the beginning of this thing, he's getting his own people killed, and then he steps up to to Leia, and she says, "You're demoted, motherfucker." Yeah, and he's just like. Mwah! And then I also feel yeah. like it's a step back from where his character arc ended in the last movie, though. Where did it end the last one? Where he was like, he had learned things and was kind of going along with the flow. And then this movie starts, he's back to being just a hothead and doing whatever he wants. He also does get a whole squadron wiped out. And that's why I think it would have been pretty fitting for him to step up and maybe take the hit that Holdo ends up taking. I get, and I I want you to make your argument because I do respect that one that you made last time. But it's just, if he had Uh, stepped up. I remember it. And okay, well, yeah. it was fucking great. Oh, I'm amazing, apparently. Yeah, we should but have I, audio I think, issues more often. His death just would have had way more meaning at that point than this fucking character that gets introduced in this movie is a total bitch that I hate to see on screen, and then she dies, and I don't care about her that she dies. No, it's like I, okay, I, yeah, I was annoyed that we just met her too. And we're supposed to think that she's a big thing, but then apparently she's big elsewhere. Yeah. In the grand lore of things, which I didn't know about. Yeah, I guess it's somewhere in the books or something. She's been That's friends- That's a diamond level thing. I'm a platinum. That doesn't she's work She's been me. friends with Leia since she was like 16 or something. That's fine. I have no connection to this character, but I do like right. how she doesn't take shit from Poe. And it's because Poe's nothing now. Poe's just a captain. Right. She, has no, she doesn't need to explain herself on her decisions. She's vice admiral. There's no reason for her right. to have to tell Poe these things. Correct. But also it wouldn't hurt. She right, knows but, that he was commander. But her plan also does work because she's able to get all these people into the until into the ship. Until Finn screws it up. Finn, well, he, Finn screwed it up because he got Benicio Del MacGuffin in this thing. Right. And that didn't seem to work out. And then they started firing on him. And then Holdo had to make a decision. And she did. Yeah. And the decision is amazing because she light speeds through a destroyer. It's awesome. It's very cool. It is maybe the best scene in this movie. It's one of the best scenes in this canon of film. It is also a really cool uh, sound like sound design when it comes back in. It has this. I can't describe the sound, but it's like. That's oh, really it. cool. Nailed it. Yeah. That's it. Just want to let you know that that was Kyle. We didn't actually play a clip from the movie. There's no confusion. <laughs> I don't want any copyright issues on this thing. Also, on the, on the issue of sound design, and this will be another point, I can't believe I'm saying it, in favor of this movie, but it's not yes. really, it just happens come, to have come it. Come to me. But God damn it, uh, I will never not get hyped hearing the scream of TIE fighters, man. They're Isn't just amazing? so fucking cool Pretty every great. time. That's not a that's not a point for this movie. That's just a point for Star Wars in general. Right? Yeah. That's okay. I think Tie Fighters are my f- favorite. Uh, I like X Wings too, design wise, but Tie Fighters just sound so cool. I'm a big fan. I think everyone in the world is. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. They're great. I want a plane that when it drives by sounds like it's a bear yelling. <laughs> <laughs> you got enough for Hero, Bry? Uh, I think I might have enough for Hero. Somehow. Oh my god! He gave me the look of I'm gonna go point five. No, I'm not. I'm not on this one. Um, but I might because 
Ray, I, I'm agreeing with Kyle on this one. I think Ray is great. This is amazing. <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah, somehow you guys swapped positions for this this category, but I think Ray is great. Poe has an arc, even if it's kind of a back step. He, he learns his lesson again. He does his thing. Yes, he, there could have been bigger stakes, but he's going to be needed in the next movie, I'm sure. Finn, again, brings it down a lot. And then you also have Leia, who's out of commission for most of the movie. And Luke, who spends more than half the movie just saying, no, I'm not going to do it. But then when he does show up, it's awesome. Saves the whole day. Yeah. He he commits himself to it and he becomes one with the force at the end of it. But I, I like how he understands like this is going to take literally so much force power here. <laughs> Everything I have. It is also I'm I'm shooting myself in the foot. But when he does show up, Fire away. he has maybe the uh, the best scene in all Star Wars history outside oh, of the uh, the exploding light speed travel. And that's when, uh you know, he just gives this simple shoulder brush off of. Yeah, you ain't fucking touching me, son. It's pretty oh, amazing. It's so cool. Pretty great. It's points. I never point thought seven five. A, a shoulder brush. A point seven five. The shoulder brush for the heroes. That's, that's worth point two five for sure. Oh my god, man! <laughs> you shot yourself in the foot. You you I called did. it. I did. I was I was talking up all the characters. <laughs> <laughs> ah! I was ready to go point two or point five, and you were like that shoulder brush. I was like, oh yeah, that oh, is that's pretty good. Probably <laughs> the greatest thing in all the movies. Ah, I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you do. Well, let's talk about the uh, villains. Okay, God do. damn it! I might try. I might be. I might try to convince Kyle to come over here too. <laughs> I do. I mean, spoiler alert! I love two of the fucking villains in this movie so much too. Yep, the villains are very good in this movie, and they're the not. Villains are hindered. way better than the heroes, man. They're not hindered by having to have the sense that they're doing the right thing for themselves. Correct. Because in this universe, the bad guys are just fucking bad. They're bad, and they go, "We're bad." Yeah, we're we use the dark side of the force because. We're the bad guys. <laughs> you see, all this is black and red. We are not hiding anything. We are putting it all out there on Front Street. Let's do this. So let's start with Snoke. We don't know much. Do we need to? No. We really don't, because we know as much about Snoke as we did about the Emperor at this point in the original trilogy. Sure. So I don't think that you really need to dive deep unless you're going to build a character to be something. There's no point. That's fair. It's kind of a lot like, what, what was his face? Simon Pegg in Force Awakens? He actually does stuff. He's the one who kind of sends Rey out there on her own mission to get crap so she can survive and all that stuff. Right. He, to me, he's on the level of Snoke in this thing, where we don't need to know much about a character, especially when the character doesn't really do anything for the story. Why do we need to know a backstory in order to live in the present? I kind of agree. And, uh, you know, especially with these dark side characters... A big thing about them is the mystique that surrounds them, that what makes right. them interesting and suspenseful, because I don't know anything about Snoke. I don't know what he could do at any fucking moment. I get glimpses of, of it when he's showing off his powers on different cronies or Ray, but I don't care about his backstory or where he's from, because he's interesting enough to watch now. He's intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, even in Return of the Jedi, we didn't know anything about Emperor Palpatine. That's true. No. We had to wait for garbage prequels to tell us <laughs> and, about his story. So learn about, yeah. And so, in it's learning on the his same backstory, level. sure, you get more of the actor, but the character is lessened because of it, because we just see some normal fucking Senate dude. up. Uh, it's, it kind of <laughs> takes away his mystique and it's like, the coolest ah, factor yes, of it. Ah, yes, voting. Ah, he was yes. so exactly. evil. Now it Process. just turns out he's... <laughs> 
uh, what a it's bummer. uh it like I'm saying, you know, if we'd learned that shit about Snoke, he wouldn't be as interesting, I feel. Yeah, or threatening. There's there's something in not knowing what he's capable of that makes him more menacing. There is something about Andy Circus that makes oh, it God. fucking brilliant. He's so good. Uh, I know the only reason I brought it up is because I know a lot of people have a problem not knowing about Snoke, but I think you guys are right. You don't need to know. And Kylo. And then Kylo. The only reason I would want to mo- know more about Snoke is because of by the time Luke sensed the darkness in Kylo, he was already corrupted by Snoke, and they don't say anything about how or why or anything like that. Got a third movie. Maybe we'll figure it out. Maybe. But let's talk about Kylo. He's awesome. He is He's fucking still a mystery. Awesome. God, we have two movies. Why, why am I yeah, so much more in favor of this fucking movie on certain points now? Come, come to me. Come to my side. But you have <laughs> Kylo. We don't know much about Kylo except that Leia and Han, mm-hmm. they, did the, they did the sex. They did the, the and they horizontal. Made a, and they made a child with a giant nose. <laughs> <laughs> and then he became a bad boy. Yeah. And then he killed daddy. Right. And now we're here for the most part. We don't know much about Kylo when he's such a major part. We don't know what he's capable of. We don't know really what his motivations are, except I'm evil, Vader, I like him, but what's going on here? And we saw that he might have a small human side to him too. Yeah. He's still a mystery, He, which is amazing. He very much romanticizes his grandfather, and I would love to know why. Uh, you got me. <laughs> I want to know why, too. I would like to get into that. Um, Got a whole other movie. Yeah. Yeah, I hope we do. And m- maybe we don't even have to know. We, we're shown enough that he does. He he knows his grandfather was this all-powerful dark side Jedi, and he's our, he's obviously gone to the dark side, so maybe he's just trying to prove that he's of that level because he always seems to be proving himself in both of these movies. He's trying to show off that he is this all-powerful dark light dark side master and by you know trying to just grab what his grandfather did maybe he's just trying to prove it to himself and others around him i have a question for you yeah who do you think is stronger with the force luke or leia i mean i mean i don't know dude (laughs) up until this movie as you were talking i literally just thought of that and i'm just like in theory leia might be stronger because she was able to fly through space she was amazing yeah. Fucking Luke force projected over like a billion goddamn miles. Right. So I was going to say, how did, Luke. how did Kylo become so powerful if Leia wasn't extremely powerful? Because Leia, Leia boned a normie and well, so, made a Kylo. So actually, I mean, it's got to so balance here, out me, at some point. Let me say it like this. I believe that Luke and Leia are probably equal in the force. They are twins. They are twins. And the reason that they are born as twins is because no matter what, as has always been shown with the Force, the Force always strives for balance. It will always mm. make balance happen no matter what. And so when uh, all the other Jedi were wiped out and there was nothing left except for two Dark Side users, Invader and Palpatine, what did the Force do? It gave us twins who had to have been, I would imagine, equal in power to balance things out. So, so what's your issue with Leia Poppins then? It's just, it's never shown before that she does anything with it. She is well, never For what it's worth, to... if you go Star Wars Episode One, we never saw a two-sided lightsaber before. There's going to be True. things we've never seen before. Yeah. And I just, it's so weird. It's so jarring because Leia has never done anything. And then all of a sudden, she's this master of the Force. She could Maybe be she strong. In, she could be strong in the Force. That doesn't mean that you master it. Luke is strong in the Force, but he doesn't learn things until Yoda 
teaches him how to focus that. Same thing with Anakin as a Padawan under Obi-Wan. He he is the arguably the most powerful Jedi, but he doesn't know what to do with it until somebody shows him how to focus that. And then it gets corrupted. We just, that's the thing. We've never seen Leia do anything with it. She has this sensitivity. And it's even been argued that Han has this sensitivity too. And that's why he's such a good smuggler. Again, it's never shown, but. I'm going to, as judge, I'm going to call false equivalence on the double-sided lightsaber and as you Leia should, it was using nonsense. the force. Because Leia was in three movies before she used the yeah, force. we're in court right now. <laughs> I'm throwing out anything I can. Yeah, overruled. <laughs> Uh, it does come out of nowhere, but there were supposed to be like, what, 30 years between the two movies? It's, Something like that. It seems like, yeah, Luke would probably be like, hey, stuff it's, with. But it's not like Leia had a husband around either to, you know, be with. She was just alone. She's going to have to force diddle or something like that. In order I was going to say, you think Leia <laughs> forced yeah, flick the bean? <laughs> it's exact. And now she's widow diddling because, you know, Force Awakens <laughs> happened. I just oh. like the way that rings, widow diddling. Yeah, that's a bad name you never knew you needed. <laughs> The Widow Diddlers. <laughs> so for villains, the only thing we didn't really talk about, when we, when we did briefly talk about Phasma, how she's criminally underused in this movie, uh, and we didn't really touch she's on- She's Henshi. She's not a villain. We didn't really touch on Hux either because he got just totally emasculated in this movie by a prank phone call. Comic relief. First... Don't even bring up the prank phone call because Han does it in New Hope also. It's all the same. Void. Is it the same? Yeah. Harrison Ford does it in one. Yeah, and in one of them, Oscar it's Isaac like, does it now. Oscar they're both Isaac, great. Oscar Isaac is like, oh, I, I don't know if you have enough bars, Hux. Come on. But if we're talking about the main ones, Snoke and Kylo, I have to give villains a one. Whoa. I love it. Well, you know, I, uh, I'm i not going to argue here. You feel that, Kyle? That's called. It's weird. Ooh. That's called I know, man. <laughs> How does it feel? How does it feel? Like, it feels like I want to fucking love everything about this series and this but movie prevents it. me from but, doing it. But does it? It does. But does it? It does on so many levels. Your that... biggest issue right now is that the textbook of science didn't line up with what you wanted. No, I mean, there's again, there's so many silly things that they do uh, that just don't make sense, man. Why the fuck don't they just force... Ah! Uh. You know who's he awesome? Loves, he secretly Ky- loves this movie. I'm it's convinced Kylo Ren and Snoke, way. man. They're they great. great. They are very they good. And Ray, apparently, on your end. While we're talking about characters, why don't we why don't we talk about Ray and the other female characters? Phasma's nothing. Phasma's nothing. Holdo, I think, is great. She's for as little as she has. She has a whole turn in this movie yeah. that you don't see coming. I like Leia a lot in this one. Yes. Yeah. Even with the even when she's asleep flying, for half of it. She's still, she's got an arc even while she's sleeping. That's more to say than for Finn. <laughs> That's uh <laughs> But I like at the end how she passes the torch, even how Poe gives an order saying, like, follow me. And, and they look back at Leia, and she's like, what are you looking at me for? Follow him. It's great. It's important to pass the torch. There's little to great a things white sprinkled man. throughout. Oh! <laughs> Brian went there. Yeah, Brian. Do you want to talk? Is there something wrong? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I totally agree with that, too, though, boys. God damn it. That uh, females are pretty good in this? Well... I mean, I made the joke last time that my biggest problem, the reason I hate this movie is the minorities and the females. But then I said that was an obvious joke. So Just to be controversial, because we needed yeah, something. Exactly. Sure. Uh, there were, there were. it's crazy to me, at that time, there were a lot of people uh, that did just assume that if you said you didn't like this movie, it's because you were some fucking sexist, racist, asshole piece of shit. Right. But really, it's, it's not. I mean, I'm, 
I'm absolutely not that. I just don't like this fucking movie. No, so, that's okay because you like The Force Awakens. Some people don't like Force Awakens because they're like, a female lead in a Star Wars movie? Yeah, not my universe. <laughs> Gross. We learned we, yeah. I mean, we. All the stuff we've looked up in on our show when we talked about Wonder Woman, it's just gross. Yeah. People just can't accept that stuff. But I thought Wonder Woman did very well on both it sides. It did, and a lot of people love it. Yeah. It did, but there are a select group of people called motherfuckers who <laughs> <laughs> just can't accept a female in the lead. And they know that Wonder Woman's been around since, like, the 40s, right? Yeah, but they'll say, my Superman came first. <laughs> I mean... Sure, but there's always somebody that comes first that doesn't make them the best. I agree. And they don't have to be in a contest. I don't know, man. People are the worst. Right. People, people are terrible. Suck. People, people are, are terrible. That's why this fiction that is Star Wars is what I live in. People are bastard-coded bastards. So oh, female man. characters, Leia, Rey, Holdo, Holdo. Rose. Pretty Rose. Man, oh. See, Rose see is how important. quickly you forgot Rose again? Yeah. Yeah, she's not very good, except Rose, she's okay. She's okay. okay. She's nothing. She's That's, nothing. Yeah. And she there's that damn kiss that's just unnecessary. <laughs> well, that that was didn't you see it was her tribute. Her tribute to Brian Singer. <laughs> oh. I love uh her incredibly large and tacky and not conspicuous at all ring that has a secret rebel insignia <laughs> inside of it that can easily be opened by flipping a little switch on the side like yeah, that was the day John Favreau was on set. Yep. That could that yep. could give you away so fucking easily in any instance. Like. <laughs> oh, whoops, I accidentally bumped my finger against this thing and now everybody can see that I'm right. Oh, oh man. Boy. I thought that part Tom. was always so well, that's funny. That's going to lower it for sure. I think it should lower it actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's brutal. I think we're still looking at a 0.75 for female characters though. High. That's real high. That is high. But they're good. They're they're well written. They are pretty good in this. They're strong. Yeah. What do you got next? Next, we could go one of two ways. We could talk about teamwork, since we're still on characters. Or? Or we could talk about the style and tone. Or the setting. Let's do setting, because it's quick. We could do setting. There's a bunch of places. Okay. They Bam. all look okay. We're in space. Yeah. We got a spaceship, which yep. is fun. We got a Canto Bite, which is a casino, which looks cool. Yeah. It, it just does isn't. look it just isn't. cool. But it just isn't um, cool. Right. The spaceship, yeah. It's a spaceship. I, yeah, I mean, it is. That's it. It is at least a unique design ship, too, the Rebel one, especially. Yeah. Um, That's true. Star Destroyers oh, always look cool. There's that salt planet, though. The salt the red crate? And the, oh, crate. It's a very cool-looking so planet. So cool. Really cool design cinematically. However, like you when they fly over, those ships, yeah, those ships are useless. <laughs> the ships are useless. It's we, it's, we have to have a Why leg are they on the ground. the ground? What's the point of to any of that? Stabilize the janky old ships. I don't know. No, that's stupid. But yet they those are stupid. The, the stabilizer was there before they were janky old ships. They were new janky ships. What they call them? Salt janky skimmers. I think that's stupid. That's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> but it's not part of the setting, right? Crate is, and crate looks gorgeous. Crate's cool, it's and very cool. Uh, the Snoke's throne room is phenomenal. So simple. Yep. So much red. It's a lot of red. Oh, Ryan Johnson loves red. Well, I mean, it, I get it. A lot of this movie is based around red. Fine. Red. It happens. I mean, like you see red, the, uh... means a bad thing's going to happen. It's like an orange in Godfather. Or red okay. in Sixth Sense, that which was the much easier road to take, yet you didn't take it. Or, nope, didn't or follow it. red in Schindler's <laughs> List. <laughs> Just color in general in Schindler's List. That's true. Yeah. 
Was there anything bad about the setting? I don't think there's anything bad. It just, I mean, you have some things that really stand out, but then you have a lot of stuff that just dulls it. Oh, man. I have, a, I have another factoid that right, I got brought up around this time. Indiana facts. No, actually not about Indiana. It's about a setting of this movie and Wait. the purposeful inclusion of a new race of creatures in the Star Wars universe. Are we talking about Porgs? We're talking about Porgs, boys, and you got to act surprised when I tell you this fact. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Wowee! The only reason Porgs are there to sell toys. <laughs> Actually, there's a wholly alternate reason Porgs are there. Brian, would you believe Bullshit. that? Bullshit. If food. I told you. Just food. That's what they're there for. They grew Porgs. Well, they were. They were food for Chewbacca. Das Wookiee. Uh-huh. <laughs> My favorite joke of the movie. Porgs, though, are actually in this movie for a very specific reason, and that is because they shot that section of the movie on an island off of Scotland, which kind of makes sense when you see how goddamn dreary and gloomy it is all the time in that place. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but that island is actually a sanctuary slash home for this seafaring bird called the puffin, oh, which puffin. is actually adorable. A protected species. It is so protected, in fact, that when puffins would be in the shots of this movie, the crew could not physically touch them to move them out of the shots. They couldn't do anything that could stress the bird out or cause it any undue harm. So, porgs were invented to be digitally inserted where puffins were in the movie. And that is the reason for the existence of porgs. But then I also like how they put them on the ship later for just comic relief yeah it's they nice. are a pretty good comic relief and they do yeah. look cute as fuck and they sold a whole lot of fucking merchandise so oh yeah yet again a lot things of work pops. out for the mouse a lot of funko pops <laughs> so you love porks i don't love them i like them a lot better than ewoks let me say it like that that's not saying much at all they're, they're I a think... much better cutesy character and a lot less intrusive and overall plot uh hear that warwick davis you're useless. Yeah. <laughs> given, so we're anti-Warwick Davis, apparently. Man. Given the new explanation I have for them, I appreciate them a little bit more. <laughs> Fine. They're yeah. still just there. Yeah. It's it's a but nice yeah. way. It's a great little movie magic thing to to fix a problem that you didn't even know you were going to have. Like all like the original trilogy. I would have just that's been what like, George Lucas did. Space puffins. <laughs> we got them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and when you look at them, that's basically what they are. They just took the beaks off of them or something. Right. Which actually makes it creepier now. That I yeah, because it's a makes him like super with... sentient too. Because if you see Chewbacca eating a uh, puffin, you're not gonna have a puffin go next. Yeah, to it. <laughs> they, it's not gonna happen. They are I'm very like... sad about it. <laughs> they have those yeah. big soulful eyes. Oh, <laughs> and it's like he's not gonna eat it. He already cooked it. It's dead. Just it's dead. It. Why are you upset? You should be more upset that you watched your buddy literally spin on a flame, rotisserie style. <laughs> not the fact that a giant. Shag carpet is going to bite into this thing. The damage is done. Yeah. It's too late. Jeremy's dead. <laughs> you named it. I named it. I, I like the puffin name, Jeremy. That's <laughs> so setting. I'm on board with this. Setting. So I, setting. God damn it. Go ahead, Bry. What do you got? Oh. His eyes are closed right now. I don't know. He's thinking. His hands are on his head. He's very concerned. Because it's, it's good. There's just a lot that's. There's nothing special about it until you get to. You know the red, the red, right? <laughs> the red stuff is cool, but everything else is just kind of there. And you know the island that Luke's on is neat. I'm only like a point five. Yes, fine. That that seems fair. Tell the truth. 
That's what I was kind of hoping for. That's the I'm... acceptable point five that you're allowed to have. Oh, yeah. I'm allowed one acceptable <laughs> point five. I like it. The others are cop outs, Kevin Smith style. All right. <laughs> that was a good reference. Cop out reference. Someone need someone need to bring that one up. <laughs> Talking about dogma and mall rats so often. Oh, I forget about that one. Yeah. What's next? Style and tone. One. I'll say it for you. Look at, Take the words right in your you, mouth, meatloaf style. Did I? I don't remember having those words in my I mouth. You didn't have to. I'd say. Oh, I swear it's true. I was just about <laughs> to say point two five. No. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't. But it, it worked with the lyrics. If I was going to argue a point system here, I'd say style-wise, I'd give you a one. Tone. And then tone-wise, I'd give you a zero. And that would oh. equal out to a point to five. To a point five. Yeah. I would say style is definitely a one. Style is definitely a one. I would say tone is probably a point two five. I think it's above a zero, but not much. Okay. Because I think the tone of this thing is all over the place. I think Cantobite really yeah. slams the brakes on this it movie. It does. It really holds back I the think tone of it. Finn's whole storyline just takes away from the it's plot of the movie. completely unnecessary. And, yeah. So I really don't care for the tone of this thing. So a point five? I think that's pretty fair. Point five is pretty fair. All right, I'm into that. Yeah. Let's get an easy one out of the way. Music. Two. John fucking Williams. <laughs> I would say, you know, it is John Williams. If we if I don't know how high you guys can go on your super super stuff. Two scores. is the highest, but two we, is we the highest. rarely do it. I mean, yeah, I would want to say two because it is John Williams, but I would take a, a couple Hold on. because use his use his Christian name, please. Yeah, come on now. What do I say? John fucking Williams? There Thank it you. is. Thank okay. You. He didn't I... go through fucking school just to be called John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, yeah, it's great, but the great ones are all the ones that you know. There's nothing really standout-ish new on its that's, own. That's totally fine. Yeah, we, I we mean. We developed the thing in 1977, all these exactly. for the and characters. They're wonderful. It is amazing they still that play they still elicit the same response. Even to this day, like, watching it this time, I knew it was miserable. I knew I wasn't going to have a good time. I tried to actually, okay, I take that back. I went in with an open mind. I wanted to be <laughs> I wanted to be ready. And it started off great because when those first fucking trumpet blast hits, bang. And yeah, your erection instantly went up. Yeah. And then for the next two hours, thirty minutes, it gradually fell. Oh no, it, it drops off pretty pretty quick in that opening. <laughs> but the blood just rushes out of it. At yeah. the same time the bottom of those bombers opens up uh-huh, and nobody gets pretty sucked much. out of them. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> this. And Ryan's oh, yeah. holding him down in his seat. <laughs> this whole fucking thing but yeah uh it is john, fucking, it's john williams. fucking williams it's john fucking williams it's gonna get at least a one so. i'll give it a one i think it's only fair because the new stuff i couldn't tell you anything about it that's true it's good it is good let's talk about teamwork makes the dream that's work. fucking teamwork thank you Kyle. what's your favorite dish <laughs> that's cool with me i'm not gonna cook it man but uh i'll order it from zanzibar <laughs> Cooking up some teamwork. Uh, I don't really. I mean, it's fine. The teamwork here. Is it? No, it's a lot of individuals doing individual things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not really teamwork at all, is it? There's not a whole lot of it. It's about the same amount of teamwork as there is in Space Jam. It's Michael Jordan doing everything. (laughs) With a bunch of Looney Tunes running around. Right. Doing comical things and Wayne Knight and Bill Murray. Don't forget it. Doing Looney Tunes things. Right. So (laughs) Earlier today, you sent me an article. Did you have a chance to read this article? No, and I told you I wouldn't read that article. You did tell me that, but I didn't know if you... It would not be fair. If you actually read it in secret and then just didn't tell me about it. Uh, Nope. 
Well, I did read it. It is a very quick, short read. I would encourage you to read it afterwards because the best type of read. John Boyega, kind of a uh, he kind of shits. John Boyega. He, he shits. Uh, he shits on the Last Jedi for this very reason. You know, he he addresses that a lot of people have a lot of complaints with the movie, but personally, uh, the thing that he hated is that it seems like everybody split up the whole time. The Force Awakens seemed to bring all these people together, only to really kind of spread them all out for this entire movie, and they're all sort of just alone flopping around doing their own thing. Um, You're right. It's not like Luke Skywalker wasn't on Dagobah the entirety of Empire Strikes Back. You're right, John Boyega. You're right. Well, he might have been, but we still had everybody else, and they were all still doing an adventure, whereas really Finn's the only one that does an adventure in this movie. No, Finn sucks. We've agreed that Finn sucks. I, in this he movie. does. <laughs> and I'm, Just because he doesn't have a successful adventure doesn't mean yeah. he doesn't go on one. He, right. But he's the only one that does any adventuring in this movie, and it's still not even that great. Nope, but, it's a bad adventure. Yeah. There are such things. There it everybody, is. <laughs> uh, everybody split up, man. I would argue that teamwork gets a zero. I would argue that it gets a .25 at the absolute best. And it's just because... They kind of saved the day, but they're individuals. This thing's a zero, Brian. I'm I think give it's it to a zero. You for yeah. you. Uh, this is a zero. You were trying real hard to give it something, but it wasn't <laughs> There's nothing. there. There's nothing there. Let's talk about the one-liners in this movie. There's not a lot. There's not a whole lot going on. It's it's carryovers from the past, just John Williams style. So in mm-hmm. theory, it should be a one, but it's not going to be a one. That's nonsense. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Would, uh, Who are you telling to stop? I think it's everyone. not going to be a one. <laughs> everyone. I'm, I'm helping you out way too much here. I think uh, last Keep going. Time, you're doing great. I know. I think last time we concluded that the uh, the shoulder brush off was also counted as a one-liner. Yeah. Can you imagine if the impeachment went this way? <laughs> 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 now, look. I'm not telling you that. <laughs> I don't want to tell you how to do your jobs, but like, I was definitely doing some bad things. I, I made a couple phone calls. <laughs> This is Adam Schiff talking. No, you didn't. I told you. This is the thing you did bad. Not that one. This is the thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't I, know. Yeah, the, the shoulder brush, I, without saying words, said a lot. Yeah. yeah. I would count May it. the force be with you is very powerful. Right. The one line that really absolutely broke me as a human being was at the end. <sighs> I got to look it up again. Son of a bitch. While you I look it up, I'll it. go ahead and Real drop. memorable one-liner. I'll drop yeah, another yes. one-liner. Fire uh, away, please. There was the, uh, I don't know if it's a full one-liner, and then I'll, I'll actually counter it with a, a really bad one. But uh, when Ray says, can you, like, put a shirt on or something? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then that's huh. countered by immediately. Uh, there's this one point at the movie, maybe towards the end, where the, the phrase, let's do this chrome dome. <laughs> It's very bad. Oh, it's so Brian, bad. I want you to subtract 0.25 from whatever you're going to give it. <laughs> sure. Because of that line alone. Because of Chrome Dome. But I think the line that the line that broke me as a human being was when Luke and Leia force Luke and is talking to real life Leia, Leia yeah. in real life. And he says, no one's ever really gone. And oh. this was like right after she died. And you're yeah. going like, Oof. well, there's no point in living anymore. Oh, my heart. Let's all just drink the Kool-Aid and put on Nikes and go under a blankie. <laughs> it's over. There's no point. Is that a Jonestown reference? It sure will. No, okay, so the point five. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Oh, okay. Heaven's Gate. Yeah. So, Get your Colts right, Brian. My bad. It's so hard to run one and keep all the other ones straight. <laughs> it's tricky. I get it. <laughs> the point five I was going to give it is obviously going to be brought down to a point two five because fair. of Chrome Dome. That's totally fair. Yay. It's such a bad line. And our final category is impact. Oh, boy. 
Now, hold on. I want to do this. We normally do impact on the genre for yeah. superhero films, but because this is kind of outside of what we normally do. After hearing me and Kyle go yell at each other back and forth. Yeah. Or yell with each other because. Yeah, you guys agreed on a lot of stuff are. and then switched positions on yeah. certain stuff. It it's was, very me weird. Me and him <laughs> are Schwartz style crossing the streams. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when we get our Schwartz's tech. Yeah. Oh, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Where do you think this thing's going to land on an impact? Based on everything that we've talked about and the things that you've been kind of judging as the middleman. Well, impact, I guess, on the the universe? Impact sure. on, on the canon? The, yeah. The lore of Star Wars? You know what? Let me... I'll, I want to detour for a second. Sure. Because the lore of Star Wars is a funny thing. In the sense that you had the original trilogy, you had the prequels, mm -hmm. and you had about a billion books written. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then those books went away. Yeah. yeah. And the canon greatly changed and became Legends. Can I tell you some things that went away from the Star Wars lore? Sure, why not? That are not? now completely limited thanks to Disney? How familiar are you with the books, Kyle? Uh, pretty familiar. I read the Thrawn trilogy and really enjoyed that. So and, Heir of the Empire, that thing? Yeah, and I know that there yep. is a book that deals with the death of Chewbacca. He gets crushed there by is. a moon. He sure does. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how Chewbacca dies in the expanded universe. He gets crushed by a moon. Yep. So Fact. naturally, that, that all happened. That checks Again, this, this is platinum. I haven't read everything EU, but I've read a lot, and I enjoy a lot of it. And I know a lot of it is pretty wonkadoo. Not as wonkadoo as uh, yeah. this man. I don't know. One of the newer books that they wrote is really bad. Which one is it called? Canto Bite, because that is a book that came out shortly after this no. movie. And I'm convinced that's why Canto Bite was in this movie. There, hmm. there was one written by a guy. I can't remember his name because it was just so bad. I could look it up. I might. Uh, all I know is that there is a scene involving a wedding and uh, they have eaten some food and Poe and Finn are there. And there's like four pages describing how everybody is just having terrible farts during this wedding. <laughs> that, is a, that would be written by Mel Brooks. No, it's called not. Blazing Spaceships. <laughs> but it, there's literally, I think it's like fucking at least two pages dealing with farts at this wedding. And it is a Star Wars canon book now. It's called Love Things it. George Lucas is Never Going to Read. <laughs> so let's do it anyway. It's kind of like how there was one character where in this comic, the writer wrote everything and he just wrote names. So he put like Windu and Skywalker and all that stuff. So then the editor would go back in and would write Master. Over everything like that. And oh. he snuck in a Master Bates at one point. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's a good joke. But are you familiar with The Courtship of Princess Leia? No, I don't think so. It's from oh. 1994, and it's when Han kidnaps Leia so she will marry him. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he Directed by Brett Ratner. Yeah, he wins the planet Dothamir in a Sabacc game and is worried Leia is going to cave to this handsome prince that she's met. So he kidnaps her and takes her back to Dathomir. Wait, so Han has his own planet? Yep. In the old, uh, lore he does. Are you familiar with Skippy the Force-sensitive droid? I am familiar with Skippy, yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep, that's as much as you need to know about that. I feel like I want to know so much more. Uh, they don't know why he's called Skippy, but he is. He is a droid, and he's with Jabba. That's okay. really it. And speaking and of giant hut monsters. Sure. There is a Force-sensitive hut. Hut? Yeah. Starts with a B. I don't remember the name of it. I do remember this, got this too. Yeah. yeah. You just see a giant worm with a little lightsaber running around. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> oh, his name is Beldorian, the hut. Naturally. There you go. Oh, There's my God. also 
Yeah, uh, Han meeting Indiana Jones because that happened. Oh yeah, I remember that one in canon. Yeah. What? Yep. So Han and Chewie somehow so end I up flying not... into hyperspace and crashing into the Pacific Northwest, specifically, not even just Earth or Terra or something, but Pacific Northwest. He gets killed by Native Americans, and then Indiana Jones appears 126 years later alongside Short Round. Yep. And hunt, as he's hunting for Sasquatch, turns out it's actually Chewbacca. That was a comic forest, book, though, Keeping right? an eye on... Yes, it was. I want yeah. that movie. And yeah. Indiana Jones finds a skeleton of Han Solo. That's right. I, yep. I need... An Indiana Jones searching for Sasquatch movie. Yeah. Are you familiar with Bucky O'Hare, that Nintendo game? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No. Yeah. Well, there was there was Jackson the Rabbit, and I'd imagine someone lifted something from someone. Mm-hmm. As you're going to do. <laughs> as, as you do. And uh, the one that really broke me as a human being was Mount Sorrow. Are you familiar with Mount Sorrow? No, I'm not no. familiar with that one. So- when the Ewoks were getting really heavily pushed by George Lucas for whatever reason, <laughs> yeah, there was an Ewoks television show and comic book. Yep, I remember that. Mount Sorrow is a clinically depressed mountain who cries healing tears. Oh. Uh, of course it is. I'd like to think it was like a, something to do with mental health, but I'm sure George Lucas was just lazy. Maybe, but at the same time, George Lucas, I, I think at this time, also owned Pixar. I think he was oh. still around for that. But I'd imagine that the lava short from Pixar had something to do with this, like a sentient mountain. Oh, or something. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Sad, sad mountain. Sad mountain. I'm Mount Man, uh, I did you guys a favor <laughs> and I found some snippets of this fart book. You, you, can I read a little bit of it? <laughs> I wish you would. Because this is also, this is written by a professional author. And tell me, I don't want to lead you, but tell me if this doesn't sound like it was written by just no, a th- fucking fifth on. grader. This is written by a man who writes words on a piece of paper in story form in order to feed his family. Yes, and gets paid for it. Uh, although he was wow. fired as an official Star Wars employee. All right. Uh, but yeah, that was for uh, some other reasons that we can go into a little bit later. <laughs> All right, but here we go. Here's just some snappets. But Poe Dameron was always cool. This is after Poe had just farted and interrupted the ceremony. <laughs> We're picking up. All right, so this is pretty much... Uh, I imagine Eddie Murphy's playing every character. (laughs) But Poe Dameron was always cool, and he began again, asking, do you, Snap Wexley, take Kara Coon to be your your wife, managing to get the whole sentence out that time? Snap was not so lucky. I, he began, and what followed was a four-alarm fart that lasted longer than the ceremony itself had thus far. A wave of laughter washed over the crowd and then begin again when Kara, in disbelief, yelled at her soon-to-be husband and then let out a deep, meteoric toot herself. She slapped both <laughs> hands over her face, completely embarrassed, as Snap, Poe, and everyone else just let laughter rain. Wow. Yeah. For what it's worth, it is written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Yeah. Who oh, are comedians. Okay. And they are crushing it on an interstellar plane on this one for sure but it's pretty cool they put in snap that's pretty awesome if you guys get a chance read the aftermath trilogy it kicks ass <laughs> it goes on okay. too for many 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 paragraphs i don't doubt it that is phenomenal Just oh man lots, lots and lots of them. <laughs> good for them can i tell you about more love it's my last one i have yeah sure. go ahead please uh luke skywalker as we know he had marriage aid but uh-huh. he also had another love okay while he was on a secret mission in the Outer Rim, Luke and his female Padawan, Kray Mingla, 
discover an Imperial Dreadnought, the Eye of Palpatine, run by an AI system called the Will, because of course it is. Naturally. It's been dormant for nearly 30 years, long before the Empire fell. It also happens to carry the forced ghost of a young Jedi from the Clone Wars era, Castella Ming. Castella died while sabotaging the ship and has been inhabiting it as a spirit ever since. While held captive on the Dreadnought and attempting to thwart the newly awakened AI, Luke and Castella, a literal ghost in the machine, fall in love. <laughs> Luke fell in love with a spaceship like Bender did in Futurama. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That's one of my favorite episodes of Futurama. I'd read it's this. Terrific. I'd read this. Pretty good. I just don't think that any candy hearts are going to save this book. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not wrong. Wow. Bro, I would this thing score. So for your impact. For its impact. Yeah. That's right. I forgot where we were there. <laughs> the Last Jedi, right? That's what we're still talking about? I, I guess so. Okay. Well, it didn't have any, any force-sensitive right. huts, but- uh, Didn't have any I, farts either. It's definitely a polarizing movie. I love this people movie. Have Still would have been better it. with farts. <laughs> Everything's better with farts. Everything's better with farts. I don't know, man. Fan of Minnesota. We can still farts. hold out hope for episode nine. <laughs> oh, how great would that be? <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of the lightsaber coming out of his head. <laughs> I, I found I a Kyber crystal and it was hitting up this guy's ass. It's weird, too. Are we talking just, like, impact on the franchise or impact, like, culturally as a whole? Because I think it's it, tricky. it made mm-hmm. an impact because I know fucking everybody, at least in the Star Wars fandom, sure as hell was talking about this movie more than they did The Force Awakens, be it good or bad. That's absolutely. That's a bad true. impact absolutely. is still an impact. I, I don't Fact. know. Yeah. So. And it made a Billy. But that's nothing. That's not an impact on the canon. Talk about an impact on the canon. Impact I think that's fair. Well, if we're talking canon, it it burned everything down. It's... Yeah, but for the sake of story. Yeah, exactly. That's a huge impact. Yeah. Maybe, uh, are you say are you uh, okay with that, Kyle? I mean, I don't want it to go full one, because I disagree. I'd be comfortable with a 7.5. The thing is, how much of it is going to be kind of undone or fixed by episode nine by the big warm blanket jj abrams i think a lot is i think that's kind of why they brought him back on Uh, yeah and colin trevor is a creep right yeah that too that that, that helps get the start yeah uh i would be happy with a 0.75 because i do think that 0.25 that's missing is a tbd yeah i i agree we won't know until we know later this week (laughs) right oh god i'm excited kyle's gonna go see it and he says he's not Kyle's a goddamn liar. He's going to be there opening night. I don't I know if we're wait. going opening. Ryan and I were actually just discussing dates before this thing got going. So talking dates. Yeah. Oh, Ryan and I go to movies together like you you two go. I I assume you guys go to a lot of movies together now because you have a podcast, right? I haven't seen a movie in the theaters in an extremely long time. Is that for I real? The last oh, movie man. we saw in theaters together was Endgame. probably Endgame. Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen a movie in theater since Endgame. Uh. Were you not with us when we saw Far From Home? I thought, oh, Far From Home was post-in-game, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I was there, wasn't I? Yeah, that was the last movie we saw together. I didn't think what Far From Home was, and I was like, that's a Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Spider-Man's been in a weird place in my heart. I, uh... And now it's back in the MCU, so I'm yeah, happy again. Yeah, so, so good, yeah. yeah. I go to the movies all the fucking time, man. <laughs> What's that like? I <laughs> Has it changed? Not for me. I get why a lot of people hate it. Uh, for me, it's the almost like... In general. It's like going to church, maybe. I'm a big fucking film nerd, man. 
I love to hey, see. I'm right there with you, man. Same. I see everything. So the thing that I did, and I finally convinced you Ryan. finally cut a hole in the bottom of the <laughs> no. popcorn bucket. I finally <laughs> convinced Ryan, Ryan to do it, really dig in. I'm a member of the uh, the AMC A-list thing. Do you know that thing? I don't. What is that? So it's like, it's 20 bucks a month. It's a not subscription a service. Not a sponsor. Not, I'm not. There, I'm but. not. But I would totally do it, <laughs> AMC, if you want to give me some free shit. AMC, I love the name this. is, they're called Experience yeah. Grind. Uh, so it's like, it's 20 bucks a month, but you can see up to three different movies a week, every week of the month. So like. So it's like movie pass, but not shitty. Yes. And if you only go to a movie twice a month, you've already paid for it there, but you can go like. What is that? Three, six, 12 times in a month for just 20 bucks a month? Dude, that's I go, too many times. I go to that's the movies all the fucking time, man. I'm telling Good you. Good for you, man. It's well worth it. It's great. Great deal. And uh, so, look yeah. Into I, it. And it applies to fucking everything. I'm I'm totally selling AMC A-list right here. Fine. <laughs> but like. Fine. That gets you into fucking, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you want to see 3D. Doesn't It applies to IMAX. IMAX is included. All of it. You're going to be their opening night. You're going to be their opening night. I might. I probably will be, Because it's Star Wars. <laughs> so the movie ends up getting a six out of a possible ten. That's way higher than I wanted it to be. Higher but... than I thought, yeah. but I'll take it. Yeah. It's higher than I thought it would be. Now, here's the thing, because I was kind of real drunk by the time we recorded last time. Yeah. Is that the same score it got last time? Nope, no, it's higher. It 0. 0.75 <laughs> higher. Actually, wow. 0.5 higher. It's, uh, yeah. uh, okay. You, not Kyle, you secretly love this movie. You need to accept it. I did more for <laughs> I still don't like a lot about this movie. Here's the the things that I do like, I like a lot. And I think that peppered in more with me being sober. That's fair. Uh, You're a Star Wars fan. That's why you exactly. accept the love and the hate. Exactly. exactly. Platinum so, level. Maybe. I think I really like this movie. Yeah. You do? Okay. I think I might. So. Well, I failed in hey, my nobody's, job. Nobody's perfect. Sorry. Nobody's perfect. Sorry, Brian. Kyle. You didn't, you didn't convince <laughs> me to thing. hate it. <laughs> and I think I said this last time, too. I am fine with you liking it, Brian, because I don't care. Not to dissuade your opinion on it. I don't care because I want you to like what you like. It has no effect on me at all. And that's, that's fine, true. man. I'm really happy yeah. that you do like it and that it brings you some modicum of joy and enjoyment. For what it's worth, I'm really happy Kyle hates this movie because he actually has a reason for hating it. Right. That's extremely understandable. Yeah. I'm not this just This is a polarizing asshole. movie. It very yeah, much I, so I is. I mean, I, I definitely lean to the side of liking it now. Uh, there's still lots of problems with it. There's so many problems with it. And I think- And I get it. Yeah. It's crazy. This is such a weird movie. I'm very excited to see how they, how they wrap up this saga. I am too. Uh- <laughs> I don't want to speak much on it again because I think I said this. I told you guys. I've actually kind of spoiled it for myself. Who knows if those spoilers are true? Uh, but John Boyega did leave a fucking script <laughs> under a bed. So I'm going to take yeah. it with a bit of a grain of salt here. Uh, yeah, that's pretty fair. I'm If it plays out the way that the spoilers have said, it'll be better than Last Jedi for me. Let me say it like that. So Okay. I don't think it's going to take much for it to be better than Last Jedi for you. There is. I'm trying not to give anything away because I hate people <laughs> you're that, doing a great job. that do spoilers. So If you spoil, you're a fucking Sith. You are the go to, fucking worst, man. You can fall in the lava. You better If you're you spoiling die. movies, you have to know you're a part of the dark side. <sighs> you have to. That's the only bad thing that I really don't like about this current internet age. That and all the, all the needless hate against women and minorities. <laughs> but yeah. other than that. It's just so easy to spoil things, man. 
And you can stumble upon spoilers and not even know it. No, it's true. I'd say. It, I mean, people spoil things for the fun of it now because there's a lot of needless hate. Yeah. They'll throw, like, dude, I remember I got the death of Han Solo spoiled in the middle of a sentence that had nothing to do with anything Star Wars on Reddit. Can I tell you a story about that? Yeah. So I saw Force Awakens the night it opened. Yeah, me too. And I, I was lucky enough to see 7 o'clock show. It was awesome. And... I want to say it was like leading up to it. Uh, one of my, she's not a friend anymore, but <laughs> one of my friends always would spoil Game of Thrones on Facebook nonstop. God. It's the reason I stopped watching Game of Thrones because people are just like, oh my OMG. It's like, you're yeah. surprised Game of Thrones is surprising you? I would just, <laughs> Jesus not, I would immediately unfriend that person because that happened to me too on Game of Thrones. And I was like, well, fuck you. You're done, dude. Yeah. But she, her, her whole big argument was that she's like, well, if you don't watch it when it comes out, then, I mean, it's going to happen. You got to expect it. And petty old me. <laughs> <laughs> I got back from Force Awakens, and she was just about to see it. And she said, oh, how was it? I said, it's good. You haven't seen it yet? She's like, yeah, no spoilers. She said, okay, I won't tell you Han dies. Oh, shit. And she said, you motherfucker! And I was like, hey, you're supposed to see it when it comes out. <laughs> I mean, wow. in, in your and defense. Now we're not friends. She totally deserves so. it. Are you not friends because of that reason? Because of that reason. Wow. Okay. You know what? Yeah. This was if, four years ago. If I it was, talked to her since. If it was that flimsy and it's, if it was well warranted, which it was, fuck her. Oh, it was hanging by a thread already. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean it's, it's well deserved. Old high school friend that you talk to because you want to say you have high school friends. She's spoiling, she's spoiling Game of Thrones oh. for you. But. For me to have it ruined like a week before, I went pre-opening night. I went the Thursday before they had like a special showing of Force Awakens. And sure. I'd read it like that Monday. It was just some random thread on Reddit. Again, not even totally related to Star Wars at all. And there was like a some guy had made this response and right in the middle of it, he's like, oh yeah, and Han dies in the new Star Wars. And I was like, what the fuck, asshole? <laughs> I was like a throwaway? <laughs> it was like, it was in the middle of his person. statement. And then he kept saying what he was saying too, but he like put it there deliberately so that as you're just reading in the it, middle of it, you just, I was like, what the There's fuck? There's no dick? avoiding it. Yeah. No. For what it's worth, I, I think that swatting someone is horrible. <laughs> I would swat that person <laughs> in a second. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it was well-deserved. Speaking of terrible people, I went on Amazon.com because I'm a masochist. Sure. As I do for every episode because I hate myself and I just want to, you know, see what's out there in this world that I have to know exist. <laughs> I did not look up one-star reviews for The Last Jedi because I figured we're going to talk about enough Good. stuff here. <laughs> yeah, that makes that sense. <laughs> we didn't need to do that. Right. But instead, I, I, I no, got no. one-star reviews for something we all can agree on. Oh, no. Okay. So I got one-star reviews for all three of the prequels. All right. Wow. Okay. A lot of this okay. is going to be lost on me. Well, here's the thing, is that I didn't want to find new prequel stuff, new reviews from like, oh, the 2019, whatever. Sure. These are all hot takes. These are all from 2001 and 2000, and right when these movies all came out, where you in Amazon, you can review the theatrical version of it, or you can review, yeah, believe it or not, the VHS. Oh, wow. So, for Star Wars, Episode 1, The Phantom Menace from 1999, this one is from September 21st, 2001, called One Star for the Padres. 
review is, I was really, really, really disappointed. Jar Jar, two lines of dialogue from Darth Maul, Anakin accidentally blowing up almost all the bad guys, and the Force actually being little bugs that control things? <laughs> Add that to the astounding coincidences. Anakin built C-3PO, who will apparently forget about Anakin and Obi-Wan by episode four. Obi-Wan will also forget about R2-D2, who saved him and others by repairing <clears throat> the ship. I won't go on, lest I annoy myself more. Now you're totally telling agree. me you're telling me ten days after 9-11, this is what this guy's this mad is about. This what's on his mind at this point. It's yeah. episode one. That's how bad episode Man. one was. Is that the greatest tragedy in American history? This guy still went fuck episode one. I've got a I've got a pretty funny story about episode one on VHS. If you'd let me elaborate here, please boys. do. So at the time, as you mentioned. The VHS copies were what you watch. DVDs were maybe invented at this time, but they were that high price point technology yeah, that Thomas nobody Edison I literally knew. just figured out the DVD technology. <laughs> it wasn't yet popular. Uh, so I had a buddy that I was in high school with. He was a uh, two grades above me. Humble brag to friends. All right. <laughs> huge, huge Star Wars fan, probably bigger than me. And he had bought the letterbox version of the Phantom Menace on VHS. Rich kid brag, got it. And he wanted us to come over and watch it, and I was the only one that came over and showed up. And I remember his dad was watching it with us, and we were watching this letterbox version, and his dad had had a couple beers after work, <laughs> and it's maybe, maybe 30 minutes into the movie, and his dad, out of nowhere, goes, so is this black shit on the top and the bottom of the screen going to go away, or what? What the fuck is this? <laughs> That's what got to him. Yeah, and I remember my friend being like, no, dad, it's like that the whole movie is a thing. And his dad goes, well, this is fucking bullshit. I'm not watching this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and his dad gets up and goes in the fucking bedroom and passes out drunk. That's But uh, he was very, very, Fantastic. very upset about the letterbox version of The Phantom Menace. I get it. That's amazing. I get it. I bought all full screen versions of all my movies until... God knows how long. Until you learned you're missing until, half of what's there. I was going to yep. say it, until you got, until you develop taste. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And also widescreen TVs. It helps. Yeah. For that's, sure. that's a big part. From July 24th, 2002. Titled, Computer Generated Effects? What? Why do people <laughs> get so excited and spend money to see a movie that is almost entirely filmed with special effects on a blue screen? Movie making is supposed, yeah, you spelled that wrong, to be about acting. Man-made special effects that show talent and hard work and real settings all make up a real movie. But this piece, with its computer-generated effects, is the ultimate low of class, and I'm sorry to say, should be totally beneath you. The future is going to be real hard on this person. <laughs> hey, I have, the, I have the perfect response to this guy. You ready for this one? Okay, Boomer. Oh, oh no. Uh, burn. <laughs> also, uh, fucking how shocked was this guy when like 10 years later, Avatar comes out and blows every box yep. office record of all time? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man, uh, uh, I'm totally wrong. He never would say that. This guy's an idiot. Fact. True. Absolute fact. From April 16th, 2000. 16 years of waiting. And this is it? <laughs> Congratulations, Mr. <laughs> Lucas. You have succeeded in making the greatest toy commercial in history. The Anakin Skywalker doll would have given a more lifelike performance. And Jar Jar Binks is just plain annoying. The first two movies were good adventure stories. The next two are just to sell toys. 
All in all, given all the hype, the biggest disappointment in the history of film, I cannot tell you that my Microsoft Word is freaking the fuck out because of how many misspellings are in this thing. <laughs> and I had to translate from moron into words. <laughs> Uh, so one of the things hanging on my wall right now that I can turn around and see is my still in box Darth Maul figurine. So way to go, Mr. Lucas. You sold me a toy. You got him. <laughs> you got him. Boom. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones came out 2002. Oh, God. This one sucks. <laughs> yeah, actually, this makes sense because from June 20th, 2003, the title is I Wanted to Kill Myself After Seeing This Film. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's it? That's dark. <laughs> This movie was so bad that I wanted to end my life. Oh, no. I had plans to to watch the, the remaining two prequels I haven't seen before Dude, I go to see. Just skip two. You could skip two. Yeah. yeah. Skip I two might, so hard, man. You definitely I don't want to kill myself before I go see yeah, the it, end of the- It's pretty much the suicide <laughs> machine from the first episode of Futurama. Oh, God. That's it. what episode two is. <laughs> here's, here's the thing, Brian. I would watch The Last Jedi again right now before I watch episode two again. Wow. Yeah. And I would watch Iron Man again before I watch episode two again. I mean, that doesn't sound like a bad time. <laughs> Not for some people. From June 13, 2003. I despise this quote unquote movie. Deeply offended am I at the five star reviews oh. that are clearly placed to artificially elevate this movie's rating. How dare you people? Yeah. They went the opposite of a review bomb in their <laughs> argument. That's amazing. I appreciate that these were review bombs were a thing back in 2003. Like, people were still apparently manipulating these ratings. This is an opposite review bomb, it's an though. It's anti-bomb. Yeah. It's like, I want to make this movie seem fine. And truth be told, you cannot. It is terrible. <laughs> From May 19, 2003. And I thought it couldn't get any worse than The Phantom Menace. Boy, was I wrong. In The Attack of the Clones, Lucas emphasizes Anakin's rebellious streak in the most tactless, overdone way imaginable. I mean... The guy has to argue and rebel about everything, as if the audience would not realize the future Vader's personality unless there were arguments between Kenobi and Anakin in practically every scene. He's not wrong. Huh. He's not wrong at all. It's like, you know, I guy's, think uh guy's going to be Vader one day. He should probably turn into a dick at some point. Maybe Vader someday later. I believe right it now, is just a small also, friend. yeah. Uh, episode two has maybe the dumbest quote in all of Star Wars history, which is, I hate sand. It's so coarse. <laughs> and it gets everywhere. What? Oh, yeah. That's that's what it's, Anakin says it's to amazing. Padme on their date. It's got a hot take uh, on he sand. He hates sand. Yeah. It's so it's, coarse. God, it's so bad. Oh. <laughs> it's a very bad movie. I it's a very bad quote. The guy's not wrong. I love sand that is coarse. Sand is coarse. Right. Lucas was probably on a beach and wrote, you And know, it gets in everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> From May 2nd, 2003, Lucas must be banished. <laughs> Quote, there will be no burning here today. We will banish him. A cute line from Highlander. It is quite appropriate for the current state of Star Wars affairs. So that's good. He doesn't want to burn him so much as he just wants to get him the fuck out of it. The franchise he created that you love. Fine. <laughs> well, guess what? Give it a couple movies. Why do people hate George Lucas? Here's the thing. I know it's a loaded question, but still. Before you go a little bit farther, and I know Brian has a question to wrap this up, but I want to ask one to you guys before we get into the episode three quotes. Do you think the Star Wars universe would be better now under George Lucas than it is Kathleen Kennedy? No. No. I'm really torn here, man. I don't know. So if George Lucas has just creative control of overseeing everything, but doesn't have like 
his fingers in the movies? I don't know, man, because Empire was pretty fucking great when he didn't have full control, but was still writing things. It's a weird thing. I don't like him with complete control, but I like him involved. So I don't know. But even when it comes to George Lucas, is George Lucas, after he made the first one, was under so much stress and almost fucking died from a, like a heart issue that yeah. he didn't want to keep doing this. Is That's why he passed it off to Irvin Kirshner for Empire Strikes Back. And that's why he exactly. got Lee Brackett and he got Lawrence Kasdan to write Empire and then he kind of filled in the blanks, but didn't even credit himself as that. He did a story by, I think. And then when you have Return of the Jedi, he wrote it. Yeah. But he doesn't really he want to it. play a part of this thing as much as he wants to kind of dictate where it's supposed to go and then let the creative folks go from there. He wants to be behind the camera. For a long groups. time, he kept saying that there wasn't going to be uh, seven, eight, nine. Um, yeah, because right. he had no interest in doing it. No. And then, well, he, I actually he read, didn't have interest because people hated the fucking prequels so much that he didn't want to do any more. Right, right. Um, I also read something that his original plan for 789 involved, it was basically Honey, I Shrunk the Jedis. <laughs> yes. And they were going to go in and like deal with the, the wills. and the, With Rick the, Moranis. Mid- oh, man. Of course. And that would have just been too much. Would it have been? I want to I see that more so. than I've ever That's... wanted to see anything in my life. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Not for a good reason. Don't get me wrong. Oh, okay. It's like the room. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Gotcha. They should do a Disney Plus show that everybody would be like, this is the best this thing ever. This is the ever. best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like Captain I Kennedy. Captain Kennedy's been around since, the, since 1980 because she was- Involved in some way, shape, or form on yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark with Lucas and Spielberg. She was, she's been involved in almost anything that Steven Spielberg has. We talked about this right. back when we did our Poltergeist episode on Experience Grind. Like, she's been around for a long time. I'm not saying she's not competent, and I think she is. She's a great fucking uh, runner of things yep. producer. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Like, I would like Lucas involved, but not Lucas given carte blanche. I think. I think People do better when they have restrictions and they have to answer to things. Like, I agree uh, with the, you uh, there, but at the same time, Lucas didn't know what he even wanted for the original trilogy because he knew true, that he wanted true. the father turn, but at the same time, he came up with the idea of the Luke Leia's brother sister thing at a Afterwards. weird time. Yeah. yeah. After so it's, it's always, yeah. yeah. I get, you know, there's also the 70s, man. Cocaine was a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Fuck your couch. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith was released in 2005. That movie's only 14 years old. Can you believe that? That's crazy. From November 28th, 2005. Play a Jedi mind trick on yourself. Pretend this trilogy doesn't exist. Hey, I did a good job of that until recently. Revenge of the Sith should be... <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Shit. Yeah, that, Revenge that's the a shit. Freudian slip that you can't change. Should have nope. been the godfather of the science fiction genre. A powerful Oof. human tragedy about a good man corrupted by evil. However, because of George Lucas's inability to tell a compelling story about people, Anakin Skywalker will never be the powerful, tragic figure Michael Corleone still is today. That's somebody who set way too high expectations. No, that's movie. a person who doesn't understand that George Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola were insanely close friends back when Star Wars was created. And even here, The Godfather, you can't compare the first movie with the third movie of anything. American Graffiti. Here's my thing. Right. in this episode a lot longer. Uh, what is the godfather of science fiction cinema, boys? I think it's 2001 A Space Odyssey, personally. I knew God damn, that was my that. second choice. That was I my second choice. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I don't know, man. Have you guys ever seen Moon? With 
our good good so, friend Sam Rockwell. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. No. God, that is like high point fucking science it's fiction. Real cinema good. Really? Wow. It's real good. You I also like Danny Boyle's Sunshine, shit, Brian. which is weird. But How no. have I never Fuck heard yes. of it? Fuck yeah, Sunshine. You've never heard of Moon? It's not surprising. It's a very small independent film, and literally the only person in the movie is Sam Rockwell. Who is known mostly for doing Leslie Bibb on the reg. That's true. So and there's that. You should know about him. <laughs> I, about your, your mortal enemy. Here, yeah, here's the thing. He's he's coming from a bad position because he's, he's boning my missus. Well, he's in a good <laughs> position. Because that's a great position for Leslie him, Bibb. but in, from my perspective, no. Uh, <laughs> Moon's you very should, good. You should absolutely see Moon, Brian. It's I will a fantastic seek that out because science fiction. Sam Rockwell is a genius. Yeah, or go see yeah. 2001: A Space Odyssey because it's still. Also I know it's movie. slow. I get that it's slow. It is slow, I don't but give it's a, a shit that great it's slow. fucking movie. It's amazing. Nothing. Like oh God, it. I can see forever. <laughs> yes, that one <laughs> <laughs> from November 25th, 2005. Twenty year wait for this. <laughs> it was such a great opportunity to tie up the films and end with a big bang. Instead, it goes out with a film that just doesn't work. Here we have Anakin, who's about to become the most evil people in the universe and will probably kill thousands of people as Darth Vader. Yeah. Why? What would push a man into becoming that way? I get it. I, I get where he's coming from, actually, because there's not a whole lot that really pushes him that direction. Oh, really? I figure Literally. if you're going to become Space Hitler, something serious should happen. No, he doesn't ever get his art turned down from a museum by wow. Jewish families or whatever. You just, okay. happen with you just get your fucking heart broken, which happens to all of us, you emo little BS. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Here's the thing. I love, I love, God damn it. There were so many fucking articles written about the goddamn vitriol of The Last Jedi and people shit all over the fucking prequels forever. And nobody gave a shit. I think people did What's give a shit, difference? but it was one of those like, it's Star Wars. It's great. It's kind of like Brian and the Turtles movies. And the Turtles, <laughs> they're great. Yeah, exactly. It's the Turtles. That's me and Power Rangers. Maybe. Actually. I don't know. That's what I think it is. it's just, I think it's more just outrage culture is more of a thing now. Maybe, That's but I also fair. think that, I mean, objectively, I guess, no, I guess this is pretty subjective. I think The Last Jedi is better than the prequels. 100%. A so billion. It's weird. So you're gonna you're gonna naturally have more people defending it, right? And I don't think Revenge of the Sith is that bad of a movie. I really don't. But I mean, The Last Jedi is definitely on another level for sure. Like cinematically, if nothing else, it's a way better movie than anything yeah. George Lucas did in the prequels, right? Because of his over reliance on green screen and just the disconnect that you can tell the actors have and everything it there, feels so stiff he has never yeah. ever been interested in directing actors even, even if you watch no. like thx or you watch american graffiti he does not give a shit about actors he cares about the story and I, not even the tone of it he just cares about everything looking nice and being able to i'll get this and i'll edit it in later yeah fine yeah that's george lucas we'll get it. george will get it in post lucas that's it <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fun one from June 16, 2006. Yeah, I get this is like a year later. Yeah. Should have stopped at Howard the Duck. <laughs> God damn. What a hot take. <laughs> I love it. Shouldn't have stopped at Howard the Duck. Should have done sequels. I think we prequels. need- We need a whole- Everything. A, I love Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck un- cinematic universe. I'm in. You know what Howard the Duck had? A corkscrew penis? Duck tits. Well, also Leah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah, the- Leah. What is it? Leah Thompson? Uh, Leah Thompson. Yes, yes Leah Thompson. Oh, my God. Oh. Yes, please. Boy. Yeah. Caroline in the City. In the flesh. 
The last one that I have is from October 27th, 2005, and it's entitled George Lucas Raped My Childhood. Oh, oh God. I'm glad no, Hood was in there. Here's the thing about that title. Yeah. yeah. I know where you're going with this. The China Problem from South Park. Yes. Uh, was released. It was made after Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which yeah. is a great movie. So I enjoyed it. It's actually. great. That episode of South Park came out <laughs> in October 8th, 2008. Wow. Think, okay. So God are damn. you saying the South Park episode is based wow. on this review? I don't know, but that is it so might be. specific. Wow. That That's what I'm saying. That's fucking possible. crazy. Because that was the basis for that entire episode. George Lucas read my childhood. I'm not going to say that there's a possibility that there might have just been like, that's funny, yoink. Yoink. Yeah, I but mean, you, when you have a week to make an episode. That's out there now. Whew. You're welcome. You're blowing my mind. Wow. I didn't know we were going to get a hot take on South Park in this episode. I didn't either. And I was looking this stuff up. I turned to my wife and I said, uh, sweetie, I think I just broke something. <laughs> 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 you're, blow, you're blowing my mind like a fucking star cruiser just light speeded into it. In silence, though. Yeah. It's just like. That that was the explosion, but it was silent. You guys. Whoa. Didn't that, hear that. Wow. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what a moment. That was beautiful. <laughs> What's the audio version of cinematic? Because that was it. Automatic. <laughs> Automatic. Fine. <laughs> we got an email. A lot of times we don't read the emails because they come after we've talked about the movie, but this one from Derek came just in time to be to make it onto the episode about yeah, the movie. Yeah, because of audio issues. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Uh, Derek says, hey, Kate Podcasters, you're brave diving into the Star Wars universe, and he's looking forward to hearing our thoughts on it. And uh, He doesn't a, know us. We're not brave. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big fan. He's got the unopened action figures to prove it. But he also says that the Star Wars fandom is one of the most toxic fandoms there it that is. exists. Not Fact, wrong at all. The last two movies of the Skywalker saga have been very decisive. The Force Awakens was too much of a rehash of A New Hope, and The Last Jedi took too many risks with character, the Force, plot, and people weren't happy with either. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Fact. All around. He goes on to talk uh, specifically about The Last Jedi some, and says he can get over character choices, like we like to say here on the sure, show. sure. But the plot of the film for him falls flat, and that's what he's disappointed in. The movie is easy to defend, but it's also easy to attack. So what the hell does that mean? He thinks it means it's just an okay movie. But? He thinks we need to bring balance to the Force, a movie that introduces new characters, concepts, and plots that haven't been played out. That's why Rogue One and The Mandalorian have found success with fans, because they're outside of the Skywalker saga just enough to where the fandom doesn't feel like they have ownership over it. No, but Rogue One's a very good movie, and The Mandalorian is just, again, it's the J.J. Abrams warm blanket, where it's just flashbulb moments thrown into a story. We're not going to go there. I could go on for an hour if <sighs> I had to. The Mandalorian's and totally I would, fine. I would disagree with I just you, think it's overrated. Yes. It's totally fine. Keep going. I think it's it's very good, but it's maybe maybe the hype is a bit a bit much. A bit much. There's a cute baby Yoda, and it's not even baby Yoda, technically. Go on. Keep going. We're great. We're great. Everything's great. Star Wars is great. So yeah, he says they're just outside of the Skywalker saga enough that nobody feels ownership on it. They're not upset with choices made about those properties. Sure. This is where he says Marvel has proven to be more successful than Star Wars in the recent movie attempts because Marvel finds a balance with a little fan service but doesn't make safe decisions with characters and plots that are justified choices and bring weight to the movies. Yeah. Had they killed off one of the big big ones, there'd be a lot more weight in this movie. 
Agreed. 100% agreed. And that actually makes me wish that someone died in this movie. That mattered. Yeah. And he says, maybe Rise of Skywalker will come out, bring everything together, choices will be made that make more sense. It will, JJ. will have a different opinion of The Last Jedi. Hopefully. I doubt it's going to happen. In JJ we trust, he says. And then he poses poses the question, what's your take on Star Wars fandom, Marvel fandom, and how they compare? Uh, Ownership's the big word. Oh, I think ownership is a huge well, Marvel's part. Marvel's also they seem maybe it is because Marvel like Marvel fans seem to be a lot more happy in general. We are. <laughs> well, I mean, and the fact Fair. that like they're not it's crazy because there's a whole lot fucking more stuff lore or like at least movie-wise that they could be mad about, but they're not. Not not that they could be. There's a, there's right. a lot more chances for Marvel to fuck up and they didn't. And I think part of that is that they yeah. do, on a core level, respect the fan base and the audience, and they do do new things, but like he said, there is a lot of that fan service there, too, and they do stay true to the characters. Yeah. I also think that Marvel just Mostly has- Mostly true to the characters, yeah. Most, they have so much of a of yeah. history and more backlogs of things to pull from that if something changes a little bit, you're kind of used to it because these characters have evolved so much over time that it doesn't seem like a huge departure for something to change. That was a a complaint Kathleen Kennedy just made where she said that they didn't have the benefit of an entire expanded universe to pull from. And it's like, because you they deleted it literally a movie it. ago. You killed it when you took over. <laughs> you can't say she did that. Say it. I'm like, this is your fault, lady. It's nobody to blame but you. Yeah, you you had it until 2015 when you said, I'm Kathleen Kennedy and yeah. fuck you. I was just like, I can't believe she's <laughs> exactly. fucking saying this. You're the one that killed it. Man. All right. Well, that's a problem, admittedly. I do think that Marvel is a little more for everyone. Everyone has their favorites. Mm-hmm. And me and you have talked how the times where they seem to go a little bit wrong is when you have the individual character as a standalone movie at this point. Because they've done such a good job with bringing all these characters together. And that's what we kind of expect at this point. Which, when you think about it, is no different than Star Wars. Because Star Wars has always been an ensemble. Yeah. But with Star Wars, because there's so little to go off of now at this point, there obviously wasn't. But again, now they've condensed everything. They've cut it in half. and Not even cut it in half. They've cut it into... Nothing at this point. Yeah. There's so much ownership over what George Lucas gave us in A New Hope that it let our imaginations kind of run wild. And then George Lucas started to get a little more off the rails, started to explain a little more. And we fell in love with the idea of Star Wars more than we did with the story of Star Wars. Because even when we had Return of the Jedi, people complained about that all the time, how it was such an anti-climax, how Vader just threw Palpatine down a shaft. Yeah. And now he's probably not dead, which we just learned. Right. But at the same time, you have these little teddy bears beating up these giant machines with sticks. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But then you have the entire prequels where he explains even more and gets more into the backstory. And he was political during his time in life. And that's how he makes his films. There's an ownership to Star Wars that doesn't exist anywhere else yeah. in fandom. I think, yeah. too, a part of it yeah. is because of the fact that compared to a Marvel film run, there are massive gaps of time between each Star Wars that lets people interpret it their own way and fill it with their own head cannons. Right. And that's what makes it theirs. Whereas a Marvel movie, they're churning those things out two, three times a year sometimes. And so like Right. And that's it was yeah, such a man. Things are progressing just so much faster that it's already established. You don't get to really have fun with it. People and not to say that it's not fun, but I'm saying you're not you're not making your own stories with your Spider Man characters at home like you would be when you had 
this wealth of Kenner Star Wars action figures, and you're making your own adventures through the galaxy with Han and Luke and Lando. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. But when, when it comes down to like Marvel, the only real weight that we've had is between Infinity yeah. War and Endgame. And even then it was, I mean, people were still let down a little bit by Endgame. Oh, man. In some places. Oh, people yeah, got nitpicky did. about Endgame. Endgame you was so that. perfectly fan servicey and goddamn. So good. Oh. It's totally fine. It's great. Great. But when you have a Star Wars thing, I feel like The Force Awakens set up just a new generation. Yeah. But then that generation didn't like yeah. what came next. And they actually put together petitions to remove it from canon. Cancel culture, if you will. Ugh. But whose is it? Who does it belong to? Does it belong to the creators or does it belong to the fans? And that's always going to be the issue with Star Wars. Right. There is no definitive answer. Right. That's just the way Star Wars fandom is always going to be. Star Wars. Star Wars. Episode eight. There you go. <laughs> the Last Jedi. So thanks for sending us an email, Derek. Uh, there's quite a bit to discuss in Thanks there. for sending it before the episode. Yeah. At the end of every episode, Dave asked me what we're talking about next week. So if you hear that, you can send us an email about that, and we'll probably be able to discuss it there you go. right here on the air. Uh, you can send any kind of question or comments you have to katepodcasters at gmail.com. You can also follow us on the Facebooks, the Twitters, and the Instagrams at katepodcasters. And... Uh, why don't you hit that little like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, a review, something like that on the uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to keep listening at the end of every episode for the post-credits. Kyle, man, I love you. Yes, Kyle. I really do. Thank you yeah. for being here. Uh, I thank you guys for having me on. I thank you for reaching out, understanding that I have opinions on this movie and they're pretty harsh, and you still wanted to hear them and have me on and talk about it anyways. And I had a blast doing it. Yeah. Twice, technically, because yeah. of audio issues. You're a, you're a <laughs> I saint. I had a blast doing it both times, man. Yeah, so everybody go listen to Experience Grind. Please do. They're phenomenal. Oh, Even Ryan. Too much. <laughs> Ryan is the best, though. Well, he's, he's a human <laughs> being, for sure. <laughs> Brian, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we are celebrating the holidays. Oh? Yeah. We're going to uh, we're gonna do something Nice and short and sweet for the for the people because you're probably with family and doing doing whatever it is you do for the holidays. We're gonna be with our family, our green family, our green family of pizza of, eaters, of and pizza eaters dwellers. and uh, Renaissance painters. We're gonna be talking about 1994's "We Wish You a Turtle Christmas." Oh boy, I can't wait! It's 20 minutes long. It's on YouTube. Wow, enjoy. Yeah. I have to watch that. So that should be a blast. That's right. So I guess we're going to see you next week for We Wish You a Turtle Christmas. Same pod time. Same pod blue milk. So, Brian. So, Dave. That is Star Wars episode whatever, The Last Jedi. We did it. What do you think happens post-credits? I think we go to this place where when everybody who is a Force user dies ends up. One, when they're one with the Force. It's like a big, long conference room table <laughs> with all of the, all of the <laughs> Jedi ghosts around it. And there's an empty seat sitting across from Yoda. And, and then all of a sudden, Luke shows up in the seat. And Yoda goes... Shit! This I was not talking about. <laughs>
All right. <laughs> Yoda didn't want him to kill himself. That's crazy. No, that's wild. <laughs> I get it. Kyle, what do you think happens after the credits? So it's it's all black, and uh, all you hear is the sound of a lighter clicking. And then you see a cigarette <laughs> flame on, and then you just hear the voice of Luke say, you think I get my powers from the Force? No. I get my powers from these Marlboro Reds. <laughs> it turns out they were slinging cigarettes the whole time. It's, exact, it's all been a long nine-movie con to sell Marlboro Reds to kids. Wow. Damn Marlboro's it. been staying quiet about it the whole time. Good for them. Good for them. The prequels were to sell toys. Adam Eckhart's going to get a sequel of, of Thank You for Smoking. <laughs> oh, yes. Dude, man, oh this is the God. best. If, if this led to an Adam Eckhart Thank You for Smoking sequel, it was all worth it. I'd watch The Last Absolutely. Jedi nine times. That'd be phenomenal. Turns out that Mark Hamill's been the marble around the whole time. Another guy just died for no reason. <laughs> Dave, what do you think happens? What I think happens is we're just in a screening room, and we see... Everything happening in The Last Jedi and ends, goes down, to, written, directed by Ryan Johnson. And the camera turns, and there's George Lucas, the creator himself, sitting there watching. And he goes, oh, that was, uh, that was very beautiful. <laughs> quick qu- quick question. Luke Leia, the fucking. When, when did that <laughs> Are we still not doing that? Are we still not doing that? What? Oh, all right. It's not, not my baby anymore. Not my baby. <laughs> what if instead, still saying, it turns to George Lucas... But instead of doing that, he pulls out Jay Sherman from the critic and he goes, It stinks. 